What up, what up, what up? Wake your asses up. This is the Coach JB Show right here every day, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific. I appreciate everybody joining me, man. We got a hell of a show this morning. My former player, Calvin Jackson Jr. Um, we're going to break some news on this show, actually, with him. But uh, currently with the Miami Dolphins, was with the Jets. We're going to talk to him about Mr. White. Is he Mr. Right? Or should they go back to Zach? Give his to get his takes on uh, the quarterback. Plus, we're going to ask him about how it is to be in the huddle with Tua and the head coach over there, who I think is a weirdo. We're going to break that down. It should be interesting. And uh, Matt McChesney, hopefully, without any technical difficulties, will be joining us to break down Russell Wilson and the Broncos. Plus, is Jeff Saturday is Jeff Saturday's inexperience showing in the last two weeks? And we're going to break that down. Plus. The college transfer portal. Guess what? Michigan won a game, beat Ohio State, and McNamara entered the portal. That's our generation, dog. Sticking to it. I'll see you guys on the other side. Make sure you hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. Peace. Appreciate everybody joining me, man. Uh, this show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Gets you 50% off welcome bonus. All things betting this weekend. Big-time college games, NFL games, getting down to crunch time as we pick the playoff contenders. Plus, you got NBA, and you have hockey in full swing. So make sure you check it out, uh, betonline.ag. Promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Bet online where the game starts. Um, we got a good show today. Calvin Jackson, my former player, loved to death, uh, wide receiver. He'll be joining me this morning. I'm going to ask him, is Mike White right? Uh, are they going back to the Mormon Milf Hunter? You know, Zach Wilson. We're going to ask him uh, what is what is time in the Jets. Well, he won two preseason games with winning touchdowns, and he was unfortunately released. Then he was signed to the practice squad and then released again. And then he was picked up by the Dolphins. He's been with the Dolphins for about a month. Uh, he gets to take first-team reps with Tua and uh, Tyreek Hill. And I uh, got to talk to him a few for a few minutes the other day while I was in Arizona. And then uh, and then he had some something happen yesterday. And uh, he's going to break that news here on the show. Um, and then uh, we're going to get into all that stuff, man, plus his time on Last Chance You with, of course, yours truly. Mr. Slapdick himself, Coach JB. Um, let's first of all get you to the quote of the day, like we always do. Uh, coming together, I got to break this down. Coming together is the beginning. Keeping together is progress. Working together is success. Uh, I don't think a lot of you guys understand that. Uh, everyone thinks that you're supposed to just be right together right now. Um, that's not right. Coming together is the beginning. Keeping together is progress. That just, you took a step, dog. You took a step. Working together is actual success at the end of the day. So, appreciate that. Uh, last Chance Q, we aired last night live for about 50 minutes uh, during the Monday night game. We didn't want to go too long because of the Monday night game.
But today we're back at it for a full hour and a half show, 5 p.m. Pacific. Me and Sean, Sean Salisbury and I, to be grammatically correct, uh, will be on Last Chance Q live right here on the Coach JB Show on YouTube. Uh, 5 p.m. Pacific, Last Chance Q. We're going to break down some film. We got Tom Brady and Mahomes. Uh, we're going to break those two down today, um, plus a little more Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson. So we're going to get into that tonight, uh, 5 p.m. Pacific. Um, poll question, poll question. Would you trade Aaron Rodgers? Would you trade Aaron Rodgers right now? Uh, based on we got to see a little snippet of J Josh Love the other day. Um, you know, I don't know, man. I don't know if you do or not. Um, uh, Jordan Love, sorry. I don't know if you do or not right now, but if we're going to have a conversation, uh, I think you need to have it now because there's no, no reason to do this again and go into the off season and just hurt your franchise. Call up the Niners, call up the Raiders, call up the Titans, call up some folks that need a QB that is just a quarterback away from winning something. And see if they'll give you some capital, give you some interest, give you some tr uh, trade value, and see if you can get uh, Aaron Rodgers back on the West Coast where he wants to finish his career, which I'm sure of. Contrary to belief, um, living for today while you prep tomorrow is the way to go. That's just what I say and live by. That is contrary to belief, by the way. Living, a lot of people, I don't know if you guys understand this, man. A lot of you cats... Uh, a lot of you guys don't live for today. You live for tomorrow and you forget today and you let today go by. Nah, live for today while you prep tomorrow. Um, contrary to belief brought to you by DV Sport, uh, overthinking kills success and happiness. Overthinking kills success and happiness. You got to understand this. We all overthink stuff. We all overthink it, but overthinking kills success. It also kills fun, and in time of the moment, it also kills the moment. But, you know, we're not going to go, we're not going to get into the, all that. You cannot have a positive life and a negative mind, contrary to your belief. You cannot have a positive life and a negative mind. You just can't have it. People, people always want to, oh man, I'm going I'm to hit the lotto. And then they're the most hateful, contrite cats out there. They want to always say something and ask for forgiveness later. Nah, that's fake. You fake. Don't dog cuss me and talk about me behind my back and hate on everything you see and whisper sweet nothings to the homies that you just barely met about someone else and then ask me the same question. Hell no. You shady cat, get out of here. That's what cats do. They ask for, they all, oh, I'm contrite, I'm sorry. No, you're not. You are what you do, not what you say you do. I was on Jason Whitlock yesterday. We broke down some things. And uh, I don't understand. People don't realize this. I don't know why they don't realize this. Um, I really don't get it. But I said on his show, and I went on TikTok and posted this thing on TikTok. And I posted a clip of me and uh, and Jason Whitlock. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, Dion. nobody knew who Deion Sanders was on his own team when he took the job at Jackson State. And 
These kids don't know who Bo Jackson are. They don't know who Barry Sanders is. They don't know who Wilt Chamberlain is, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Like these kids don't, not all of them, but I'm just telling you, the majority of these kids, this generation does not know. They do not know who these guys are. So I posted on TikTok a video clip last night of me on Whitlock. Dog, it's unbelievable that the TikTok generation, who are mostly probably a lot younger than me, Coach, you full of it. You just talking to talk. Everyone knows who Dion is. Really? So do you have a coach on the staff? No, but I do. Do you have players on the team? No, but I do. Like, it blows my mind. You know more than me. <laughs> like, it is unbelievable. Like, come on, man. Miss me. How about you shut up, listen, okay? Just listen and stay in your lane. I got this. Trust me. I'm not just out here talking just to talk. Trust me. And uh, and then the second thing was I went on there on Whitlock's show, and I was like, you know, Jason, you know me. I don't apologize, man. I apologize in the moment, but tomorrow I'm not going to. Guess what? All the comments. You can YouTube right now. Coach JB apologized to his staff after the game. You can YouTube that he apologized to the players after the game. <laughs> I'm sitting there, dog, like the the audacity and secondhand. First of all, the audacity for you to go out and think and act like you know the full-on editing capabilities of a production team with Netflix blows my mind, number one. Number two, you put your foot in your mouth because you know nothing, but you think you know all things. And you come out and say, Coach JP apologized. Really, you know all about the editing that occurs at Netflix. You don't think they massaged anything and made what happened that night into what happened six weeks later, right? You don't think that's possible on uh, film production, right? Big time cinema production? Nah. <laughs> like, it blows my mind that a cat will really go on Netflix and think that that is my real life. Like, they really think that's me. That is exactly who you are. <laughs> uh, Nathan Jensen, what up, man? Become a member, man. $1.99, you can't beat it. Best $1.99 on the market. Um, Nathan said, if I, if I can go back, would I do Last Chance You again? Listen, man, I turned them down when they first came to me because I didn't know who it was and what they did. I didn't even know they had two seasons in Mississippi. So I had no idea about Last Chance You. My, my, my staff knew about it. I was kind of pissed at them because they weren't out recruiting and watching Netflix. But that's a whole other story for another book and another day. Uh, I don't regret, dog. I don't look backwards. I'm not going that way. So I'm not going to ever look back. You know what I mean? So... Uh, with that being said, I turned them down originally because I didn't know what they were. And uh, I thought it was going to be like a joke and, uh, you know, a depiction issue, right? Which it is now, looking back, hindsight 2020. Now, having said that, though, I still don't regret it for the simple fact that um, I don't regret things. Uh, that's who I am. That's who I was. That's who I always will be. I'm not going to uh, do something and then say something differently. That's just not what it is. I accepted it. I accepted it. There's no turning back. There is no, oh, man, give me a chance. No, there's no chance. 
We're grown folks. Life's about choices. We made them. I made the choice. I have to have the shoulders to bear it. Period. Too many cats go back and live in retrospect. Ah, oh, man, if I didn't do this. Well, if you don't do today, in a year from now, you'll be wondering, what if I did today? What if I did that? What if I picked number eight? I would have won a million dollars. Well, too bad, dog. You didn't. And that's what people don't understand. You live in la-la land and dreamland. This is real life. It happened. And I went home and slept on it, spoke to some folks of mine, mentors of mine. And I said, you know what? Who am I to keep a bunch of black coaches, inner city black kids away from an opportunity to showcase themselves and get a possible future opportunity. So I said, you know what? I've been doing that my whole life. I've always helped people and kids and, and coaches. 13 coaches got D1 jobs from that deal. Uh, 101 kids moved on and play and, and went to the four-year institutions. Uh, you know, shit, 11 in the NFL from that, you know, those few years hit and miss in and out of rosters. Um, there's like four playing right now uh, in, the, in, in the league. One of them will be joining me here in a little while, Calvin Jackson. Um, you know, so I don't regret it, man. I, I, those kids got an opportunity, kids and coaches. And those coaches were, a lot of them were kids. And now they're coaching Division One football, whether they're a, uh, a film editing coach, uh, if, they're a, if they're equipment manager, they're an analyst. A couple of them are actual coaches, DB coaches, wideout coaches at the four-year level. So, hey, man, I don't look back and regret it. What do I regret? Graduating 101 kids on time with the highest GPA. What do I regret? Nobody going to jail and, and getting arrested. What do I regret? Kids going to the four-year school, graduating, getting their degrees, and, and having a chance to go to the NFL. Why would I regret that? And if you think I'm going to say sorry about that, you you got me really, really fucked up. <laughs> um, so it is what it is. Um. Oh, my back's screwed up. James Little, man, you could say that. You could say that. But, you know, at the time, I didn't know that. At the time, I did not know that. But it's unbelievable, though, to me. And I don't want to make this show about me today. Um, it's my show, but I don't want to make it about me. Um, but it's interesting that, um, you know, James Little here says, basically sacrifice my coaching career. For all those kids and coaches well i've done that my whole life before a show filmed me before a microphone caught me saying everything that i've said for 20 years um i've had nick saban and and and, and coach kiffin and coach sarkin big time coaches jb man I, I i commend you for saying the shit that we all say every day that they just don't know that's the problem. See, that's the problem with it. People don't realize that. People don't realize that. So, you know what? I've done it for 20 years. I've won eight, been a part of or won eight bowls. I've sent almost 300 kids to college, 28 to the NFL, um, highest GPA and graduation rate, retention rate, you name it. Um, I've done it. And then the show comes out and guess what? Perception is reality. Perception is reality, dog. 
You know what I mean? That's the bottom line. Um, perception is reality. And when you watch the show, which is globally recognized, 300 million people have seen it, plus every football ad administrator, coach, athletic director in America saw this show. What do you think they're going to do? Oh, this guy's crazy. And it's funny that I have coaches at the four-year level who are like, well, unfortunately, you don't understand, JB, because that is exactly JB, and it's exactly the same person I've known for 20 years who has not only excelled at his position as head coach or a coordinator at, the, at every level he's been at, he's helped more kids than anyone I know. But now you make me out to be this villain, and now nobody will – Nobody thinks I can coach anymore all of a sudden. See, that's perception is reality, dog. That's how soft we've become. That's how soft this world has become. And uh, I'm on this rant here because I appreciate the questions, though. Um, but you know what? Um, it's, it's one of those things, man. People don't really know you unless they know you. And everyone wants to assume they know you from a show because – to be frank about it, man, I, I, I don't want to say and uh, be egotistical on this thing, but I was frankly nutsy enough to do the thing. I was actually nutsy enough to do the show. And it is what it is. So, um, and I'm never going to sell out to Hollywood or be an actor or what have you. I wasn't an actor. And the bottom line is, man, the truth of the matter is um, a lot of the teachers there, a lot of the admin, a lot of the town folk, they wanted to be Hollywood. And what it was was when the second year happened and we were bad because even though, by the way, we had the most talent in the country the second year still, we uh, we were bad. We had a bad nucleus. Everybody wanted to be on camera. Everybody wanted to be on camera. And when that happened and everybody wanted to be on the camera, it became uh, a cancerous situation. And when it starts in admin, when teachers want to be on camera and uh, administrators and, and, and your president, you know what? Now you got an issue because you got a bunch of cats in the dorm. You got a bunch of cats on campus. You got a bunch of cats all over that just want to be on camera and they're going to do anything to be on camera, including smoke weed, bring girls into the dorm, do things that they know I did not allow and want. And guess what happens when you do that? You lose football games, man, because you if you can't win six days out the week, you're definitely not going to win the seventh day. You're definitely not going to win the seventh day. So it is what it is, man. Uh, it is what it is, unfortunately. Um, so, you know, yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, Sean, I appreciate you. Uh Brian, all you guys, uh, appreciate everybody in the show. Uh, Brian Case, man, listen, this is the deal. Um, oh, that student, that guy that made that rap song threw me under the bus too. He got with the German kid that I made, that I basically did everything for. And then when that whole bullcrap text message thing came out, he, who never knew me, by the way, this guy that w wanted to be a rapper, um, all of a sudden wanted some clout and he thought it would be cool to say that I did X, Y, Z when I've never done any of the things he said I did. And then later on though, like eight months later, he, he makes a tweet that he apologized and he lied. That's crazy. I, I just, it, it blows my mind, man. It blows my mind. 
it was a it was a strategic uh it was a strategic plan to try to get me out of there you know what i mean it is what it is it is what it is dog i mean it is what it is um so who knows man who knows um we got a lot to discuss though uh calvin will join me uh in the second hour matt will join me this first hour here in a few minutes um Hey, Brian, let me ask you something. You guys had the biggest win of this football season. You beat Ohio State. You beat them handily going away. Close game for the most part. You end up pulling away in the fourth quarter, all right? You got a guy that battled for the quarterback position all year long and started a game, and then he lost the the battle to the more athletic DJ McCarthy, right? Michigan wins. But the kids lose, dog, because McNamara enters the portal yesterday. Uh, th- this is the generation, dog. This is our generation. This is the generation of allowance. We allow it. We don't coach it. And it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Um, it's really unfortunate that This kid enters the portal on a team that is going to play for a possible national championship. (laughs) Like, it blows my mind. It really does. It blows my mind. Um, They're so enabled, entitled. They want instant gratification. Like, why why are you transferring right now? Like, why do you transfer right now? I'm curious on why you're transferring now. Um... The current account in the portal as of today, I believe, is 36,000. 36,000 kids are in the portal. I heard that, uh, I heard your boy at South Carolina is headed to Nebraska, who just beat Clemson and Tennessee. I heard he's on his way to Nebraska. That's a rumor I'm hearing. That's a rumor that I'm hearing. So, if that's real, blows my mind. Rattler, Coach Davis said he he thinks Rattler's out. Um, I don't touch the portal. I'm just gonna be honest. I, give me a D one job tomorrow, and I don't touch the portal. I'm the guy that changes the ball game. That's why they don't want me in that level. That's why they don't want me there. That's why they don't want me there. So, no, nah, Joe, uh, I, I don't I don't pay mind to that stuff. I've talked to a few buddies of mine that coach. Um, I'm I don't I don't know about no post. I'm talking about coaches that actually are involved. Um, I'm hearing that he's out. He's headed to Nebraska. So. If he does do that, I mean, it's just unbelievable, man. And and you know what the problem is? This is the issue I have. This is the issue I have. The coaches who take the portal kids are the issue. That's the issue. So I'm just telling you. Mike, yeah, we're gonna ask we're gonna ask CJ about some things today. We're gonna ask him about the Jets, uh, the situation there, the quarterback situation, the quarterback room, 
I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask him some things, man. I, I don't want to put him on the spot and blast anybody out. He won't do that. But I'm gonna ask him some things that he'll be honest with me, man. Calvin's my guy. Uh, I'm not gonna put him in harm's way ever. Never put any guest in harm's way. By the way, I'm not here to get likes and tweets. I'm here to give good, real, genuine talk. Um. So you know, um. TikTok. Let me shut this down. I'll be right back. I gotta restart my phone. I'll be back. Um. Johnny Cash is a troll. He's in the chat this morning. Shout out to Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash, he's a 600-pound life guy. He lives in his mom's basement. Uh, his real name is Frederick Thompson. Um, he is a, uh, he's got a handful of donuts right now. His mom just brought him some milk. He's 41 years old. He lives in Tubelo, Mississippi, uh, in a basement. He's down there because his tornado warning, because Joe Accord told us. So he felt he wanted to go get on troll status and come in and say, I don't know nothing, and I'm horrible. Cry me a river. Yeah, I cry so much about myself. Um, it's unbelievable, dog. The, the, the dick writers who make up accounts to come in my show. It, like, I could never imagine creating an account to walk in someone's show and just sit there and ride their dick. Like, that blows my mind. It blows my mind. Hey, Johnny Cash, um, let me guess. Are you Sarah's husband? <laughs> or are you Sarah? Which one are you, dog? Are you Sarah's husband or Sarah? <laughs> someone has to call me out. Well, prove it, homie. Come on, dog. You're the someone, big bad, big bad uh, fucking uh, chief. Call me out. Come on. Hey, dog, show me. Show us. Show us that you got to call us out. It's funny that someone has to call you out but has nothing to show. You can't show nothing, though. You can't prove shit. You know what? I sent a message to Sarah's uh, husband yesterday. I'm just throwing this out there because, you know, they continue to take shots at me, and I, didn't, I don't know it. So it must not be too important because only a few people show me. But I keep getting these messages like she's talking shit about this and that. Well, they keep bringing up this money thing. So I'm at, I'm at a point now that I'm like, you know what? Should I be this bitch-made cat that everyone else is and say, you know what? Maybe it's a defamation case now. Maybe I want to be a bitch-made cat and say, you know what? Maybe it's time to file on this motherfucking weird-ass OnlyFans broad who thinks she knows something. Because I'm thinking at this point, man, she sure is slandering a motherfucker with lies. And I can prove it. And I'm like, maybe after speaking to my attorney, I got lawyers, dog. That's the great part about it. I got like four great ones. <laughs> and you know what I was thinking? I was like talking to them and they're like, you know what? Let's hold the voice recording that we have when we set this deal to come on my show and be my co-host. Because, you know, it's clearly states on there uh, when I, without getting into too much detail in case I do need it. You know, oh, yeah, let's build it, coach. Let's build it. I'm down. I'm down. 
let's just build it. And when we make enough money, let, then we'll break down and write a contract. All right, cool. So no issues. Let's do it. Cool. But now I owe you money? <laughs> I have the recording, you fucking 10 cent fucking OnlyFans. I have it. Like it blows my mind. And I have text messages from you and your husband. Like, are you this dumb? It, it blows my mind. It blows my mind. Like, I'm serious, dog. I'm like, oh, she erased it, dog, because they're not smart. <laughs> They're not smart. And you know what? To be honest, dog, you're fucking with the wrong one because I've been genuinely kind. I haven't said anything bad about them. I actually kept their business out of mine. I said, good luck to you guys. Have I not said that? When have you seen me talk shit about them? I haven't. And it's not frankly worth my time. Dog, I don't care. Go about your business. It didn't work out. But don't lie. Don't make up lies to get you some clout. And then she's DMing females that I know asking them if I'm doing things to fucking report her Twitter. And the girl said, JB don't even know how to do that. <laughs> I'm like, homie, are you joking me? Like she's, she's, she's like, Unbelievably, dog. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So anyway, I got that in my back pocket. I'm going to keep that. I'm trying to be really cordial and nice, man. You know what I mean? Like I said, I pay my dudes, my debts. Uh, if I lose the Kansas thing, I'm a Venmoer. But you know what? Don't talk shit and say I owe you money. And then want to talk about his manager left too. And he left. Not really. Because the manager at the time actually contacted me. Wanted to do me. See, that's what you guys don't get. I don't reach out. People reach out to me. I see if it's a fit. And if you want to grind and work this thing out, because I do not, I'm not in a place to pay nobody for this show. Nor would I right now. Now, if I hit it big and we we monetize, get a studio, then I will. I'll try to, I'll get a team. We'll pay them. We'll get a roster. We'll get a roll check. We'll get a salary fucking pool of money. And we'll, we'll try to make it a show. But dog, let's be honest. I have the facts. I have the evidence. See, my lawyers don't let me do things without recording things. See, that's what people don't understand. See, people don't get that I walk around with this motherfucker. <laughs> See, a lot of you cats learn some things from me. Like when you park next to a car at the grocery store. Take a screenshot of their license plate because they're probably going to hit your car with their door. Guess what? File an insurance claim on that motherfucker. If, it, if it's paint matches, guess what? You also understand, don't drive up to a bumper in traffic. You know what? You might have to get out of some shit. So don't get pinned in between two cars. Get, leave yourself an out. That's just hood ghetto shit 101. Also, this device right here records a lot of good things. And when you do things that for with people you don't trust, you record it. So I'm sorry to give you free game today on this show, on the Coach JB show. But guess what? 
Here you go. You record this thing. So then I record this and I say, hey, you know what? What do you want to do? Well, JB, listen, I make a million dollars a year on OnlyFans. Really? Congratulations. But now you need my money? Come on, dog. Let's just keep it real. I'm trying to keep it real and stay out of this thing, but I get so many trolls who are bitch-made cats who just keep talking. And I'm just like, you know, at some point, dog, it's going to get old, and you're going to prod the wrong motherfucker. I'm trying to be nice, but I thought it was fair and honest, and it was, it was a nice gesture. I dropped the husband a text yesterday, and I told him to man up and check your girl. <laughs> in other in, 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 in other words, that's what I said to do. Because you don't want me to drop this voice recording on Twitter. Okay? I'm just letting you know. You don't want me to do that. Because, see, I don't like doing bitch-made shit. But now, though, some people got in my ear and was like, hey, man, you may have a defamation case. And I was like, hmm, ding. Maybe I'll be the bitch made cat. Um, dog, I'm just being honest. Don't sit here and tell me you make a million dollars a year. And then you want to talk shit about me on Twitter when you have me blocked. And by the way, I have mutual people that I introduced her to or even some people she introduced me to that have hit me up and is like, oh, she talks shit when she blocks you. Good point. Uh, noted. Noted. Like that was interesting to me from some people that actually know them. It was very interesting to see that because they're the ones that sent me the screenshot of her who has me blocked dropping these messages all the time. And I'm just like. Stop talking like about I owe you money, lady, because you know damn well you're lying. And why are you trying to get clout off of me? And by the way, she gained a lot more following than I did from being on my show. Sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, lady. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I hate to be the truth. Okay. <laughs> um. Um, I, I just, it's just unbelievable. Um, oh, let me go back. Let me hear. I missed the chat here for a while. Um, oh, I don't regret anything. I don't regret anything. Okay. First of all, Johnny Cash, you're in here. 
How's my dick taste? <laughs> um, man, see, I'm not here to bash nobody. I'm not here to talk about her, her body or her looks or none of that shit. I don't want to do any of that. Um, What up? You hear me? Um, Matt's still dealing with mute. I don't know why his thing's muted. Uh, I have no idea what's wrong with his phone. Uh, what is his mute thing is. I don't know why this phone is working. Um, um no, you don't have a laptop. You don't have to get one. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know what's wrong with this shit. Um, Bruce, I can't unmute him, dog. You don't think I've tried it? God damn. It's not Zoom either. We don't have Zoom. Um, we don't have Zoom. So... Um, but anyway, listen, I'm not here to bash nobody or, 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 or do any of that shit. All I'm here to say is don't keep talking and, 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 and awake the giant because I've been nice, dog. I've been real nice. So I, I don't even like talking about it because I didn't bring it up ever. I haven't brought it up in months and I've heard her just keep talking and talking and talking. And I'm just like, dog, let me be fair and drop her husband a damn message because I want to at least say I gave you an opportunity. And that's what I'm doing. So we'll see. Um, let me see. Let me try to get. Uh, let me see. Let me see here. Let me get my guy on the phone with Matt. Um, da, 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 da. um but anyway, man, I, I'm just telling you, dog. I'm not even gonna break into any of that. I'm not even gonna get into all that shit about this whole, you know, what her husband does and her and all this shit like come on man I, you know what i mean i'm just like dog i'm not trying to i'm not trying to be involved it is what it is like i'm the guy that just says walk away it didn't work
but you want to keep prodding. That's the problem I have. Um, but anyway, man, I want to I want to get into you know McNamara uh, walks away from Michigan after they beat Ohio State. Um, you know it, it is what it is. Um, it, it's 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 unfortunate. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, Um, <laughs> Matt's hot. Um, listen, uh, he's got some technical difficulties. I don't know what's wrong with this thing. He'll figure it out. Um, but I don't know, man. You know what I mean? It's, it is what it is. Uh, I don't understand when I talk about investment and these kids not knowing who anyone is and who these guys are. Um, I just don't understand the investment in these kids understanding who my forefathers were who gave me a pave my way who allowed me to get nil money guess who did one of my best friends ed o'bannon who fucking sued the ncaa who is the guy for you? the reason you guys are allowed to have what you have by the way i'm directly connected with how ironic is that but guess what we've abused it now we want to enter the portal every single time we don't get a jersey sold or we don't get a cell phone deal or a car deal or a Cadillac or fucking this or that. Dog, the average NIL deal is $300. $300 is the average NIL deal. Calm down. It's not that deep. You're not all making millions. And you guys think you are. That's the problem. And you coaches, you're not sitting there talking to your kids and telling them this, the seriousness of it. You're not telling them the real. You're lying to them. You're lying. You are lying to them by telling them you're going to make millions in college. No, you're not. You're not, dog. It's just not going to happen. So... Sorry, it ain't going to happen. Um, I'm going to ask Calvin about Mike White. Is he right? Uh, no going back for the Jets, in my opinion. Uh, you gotta. I'm going to ask Calvin and uh, I'm going to ask CJ that question. Like, do you go back to Zach? Because I guess Solid made a comment that he may have to go back to Zach. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, this guy White has done a hell of a job in both games he started last year and this year. And I don't know if there is going to going back. That team seems to be rallied behind this guy. And... Uh, they score points like they did with the defense they have. The Jets could be a problem. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, Jeff Saturday, I was going to ask Matt about. Uh, Jeff Saturday, um, 
Did he show his inexperience last night? I I, I got to be fair and honest, though, okay, before we just sit here and bash the guy that we all, majority of us, you know, it's so fucking finicky, man. It's so comical to me. It is so funny when I see tweets that people say one thing and then they renege on what they said. Like, so it's funny to me. So, like, me and Sean Salisbury came out on the show. We we also, me and Matt and other people, Matt and I, we came out and said, you know what? It's a slap to the profession's face. Gorian, who comes in the show quite often, who's a big Colts fan, he's like, Coach, it's not a slap in the face. That's what was said. We need Jeff Saturday. He's an O-line guy. Whoop-de-whoop. And I, and I appreciate the fact that Gorian's a huge fan. And, and, and listen, I told me and Gorian got into it about – not got into it, but we were like, listen, you don't understand. This profession is a little bit different because you have to actually do it to understand all the people that have waited and have sweat, bled, cried over a position like this. And a lot of guys have waited their entire life to do it and have deserved it. But when you pass them over for a guy and you bring them right out of the ESPN box, to be the head coach because you're the owner's boy. It's kind of a slap in the face. It is a slap in the face to the profession. Now, maybe the fan base likes it. I don't, I get all that shit, dog. And when he goes and beats a shitty Raider team game one, and then you see the same people who said, hell no, you shouldn't have hired him. You should never have hired him. You passed up black coaches. You passed up. These guys, you passed up 15-year vets, and you passed up John Fox, and you passed up Gus Bradley, and da-da-da-da-da. And then he beats the Raiders. Jeff Saturday, 1-0, who is the best coach in America? I'm just like, you got to be shitting me, dog. And then he loses a good game to the Eagles. And... uh. Uh-oh, let me see. Hold on. Breaking news here. Um, Calvin just texted me. So Calvin was going to come on and break news to us while we asked him some questions. Uh, the Dolphins let him go last night. All right, I'm going to let you know right now. I just asked him because... Uh, the Dolphins let him go last night. They needed O-line help. Uh, they let him go. One of the wideouts got off IR. So they let him They let him go last night. He was going to say it here on the show. But since uh, he just sent me this, he said, uh, Coach, man, Texans are flying me in. I need to work out for them today. Uh, they might sign me. I have to maybe reschedule if it's cool with you. Sorry. I said, of course, dog. Let, let me know. Um, you got to go get your paper. Go get on the team again. So the Jets cut him after he won two games in the preseason. And then they had a shitbird wideout situation demanding a trade. And then he goes to Miami. Uh, greatest kid, by the way. Salt of the earth kid. Goes to Miami. Been balling there for a month. Uh and we and he had we've been talking, so he was gonna come on today. And then last night he calls me. He said, "Miami, just let me go, coach." And I'm like, "Hey, man, keep your head up, keep grinding. You fucking played for me. You know how it is." He goes, "Always. I'm not tripping. I'm gonna keep going." And then he just texts me right now. 
that his agent's been blowing him up. He got a in, he got an invite today. He's got to fly from Miami to Houston, work out for the Texans, and hopefully get signed today by the Houston Texans. So he'll join me uh, tomorrow or later this week once he figures out his life. So he's just had to cancel. Uh, go get it. Um, hopefully he gets signed and gets on somewhere. Um, so that's the business, my friends. That is the profession. That is the business. Um, that is where they live at. You know what I mean? And so uh, greatest kid, though, man. Greatest kid. Uh, he was excited to come on, man. He just hit me up out of nowhere. like, man, coach, I want to come back on the show. And I'm like, cool, let's go. Um, so he's got to go get that. We'll have him on this week though. We'll have him on this week. Um, but we'll, we'll get him here. Uh, hopefully we'll get Matt's phone working and get him right. And, uh, StreamYard has a new situation. I don't know what it is, but you have to log in now through, uh, youtube or something and it's kind of i think that's what's screwing his phone up so i don't know what the heck's going on um yeah once you get called a lot like this sean uh waffle you know once you get called a lot like this um you know then the league starts to know this guy's replicable he's a legit guy and, and calvin is a legit guy obviously if you saw him play for the jets this year he did a hell of a job Um, <laughs> Sean Rest said he his mic probably wouldn't have worked anyway. I think it's like, I think it's this new platform that StreamYard's using or something. Um, I don't know, but anyway, uh, we'll see if we can get uh Sean on. Chase Sr. will be joining us tomorrow. Plus, uh, we got a few other guests today. Uh, man, um, very interesting. I was going to have a surprise guest join me live in my in my my little office here today. Um, and uh, he's going to come over. Trey Roundtree, who's been on the show with the Chargers, active uh, roster now, uh, getting a few reps. He uh, He's going to come out to the house today and uh, smoke a stick and uh chop it up their days off today nfl tuesdays usually are off days unless they play on a thursday so trey roundtree's gonna come chill and uh chop it up and uh i was like dude if you get here early enough come on the show pop up in here and we'll surprise everybody so i was gonna have i got other mics right here so i could have him jump on the show so we'll see when he gets here but uh i was gonna do that as a as a guest but anyway jeff saturday man let me let me go back to this so Jeff Saturday was 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 bad. I might be solo today, dog. I might be back to solo on the show. Uh, it is what it is. We'll add-lib the show and make it right. Uh, appreciate everybody. Hit the like button, subscribe. Become a member if you're not one. Best dollar ninety nine you can buy. Plus, it gives you a membership to Last Chance Q as well. And if you're a coach or a fan or a CEO or a leader, you may want to join that show as well because we break things down all things real today we're going to break down patrick mahomes and tom brady tonight 5 p.m pacific 8 p.m eastern on last chance q brought to you by db sport and make sure you head on over to betonline.ag use the promo code believe b-l-e-a-v and that'll get you uh 50 off welcome bonus uh so look man to be fair jeff saturday they loved him when he beat the raiders and then oh he's really he's got them guys playing hard they should have beat the eagles and da -da 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 -da, right now, but you lost. 
and now you lost last night to a woeful Steelers team with no quarterback and midget hands. You got T-Rex hands, right? And Bruce Helms, shut up. Kenny Pickett looked like an all-pro last night. Shut the fuck up. Holy shit. Are you joking me? Um, get the hell out of here. Um, yeah, we'll have some call-ins. We'll do some call-ins at the end of the show today. We'll do some call-ins. Um, you know what? Now everybody's throwing Saturday under the bus. Even his own colleagues, even Booger, Ryan Clark, all these motherfuckers on ESPN. It blows my mind, man, that how quick a cattle turn on a motherfucker. Won't it? Don't it? I never, I'm never surprised at being stabbed in the back. It's surprising when you turn around and see who's holding the fucking knife. And Ryan Clark looks like a backstabbing motherfucker. And he's thrown shots at Jeff Saturday, even though they were working on the same fucking desk at ESPN. They went back and forth about analytics and football, and every single day they talk on the same stage. The truth comes out. The truth comes out, whether you know it or not. Uh, it's unbelievable, man. Uh, Jeff Saturday should not have been the head coach. I'm sticking to that. I don't know any coaching buddies of mine or any coaches that agree that he should have been the head coach. But the naysayer and the novice fan all like the hire. He's a legendary Colt. He's this and he's that. But listen, I'm not going to throw him under the bus for the mismanagement of time last night, okay? I'm not going to do that. What I am going to do, though, is explain to you that 99% of the coaches in the NFL are horrible clock managers. So I'm not going to use this one incident as the, oh, Jeff Saturday, we knew he's shitty. But it's funny because I'm saving tweets. And I'm looking at half the cats that said he was the goat when they hired him and he's going to be the guy to change it. And then I see it. Oh, man, he's horrible. He should have never been there. Same guy. The same fucking guy said both things. How can you live with yourself? You bitch made cat hypocritical fuck. Like, come on, man. Give me a fucking... Keep it real. How can you say one thing one day and then change your mind and say, oh, man, he's the worst hire? You just said he was the best hire, dog. Don't renege. Keep your cards in your hand and battle with them motherfuckers. Like, I don't understand. I said that he's not the guy. I'm going to always say it. I said it after they beat the Raiders. Like, okay, good. Yeah, you beat a fucking horrible Derek Carr-led Raider team. Yippee-yay. Well, he's one and two now. And now it's showing that all the hoorah and the nice locker room talk and all the shit is over. This is the man's league, dog. You have to understand how to get men to follow you and buy-in, and now you've already kind of seem like, seemingly lost that buy-in. And they'll be looking for another coach, and he'll be back at ESPN. And I, it's just it's just, it's kind of a mockery to the profession's face when you hire guys out of a studio and you expect them to be the guy. 
you give them these lofty expectations. Let's be honest, dog. We know if anyone in the business knew that this wasn't going to work, and this isn't a shot at Jeff Saturday. I think he's a hell of a dude. Like, this is the thing about it. He was put in that position. And you know what? I'm taking the job, too, if I'm offered. And so are you. So I'm not here to sit here and talk about Jeff Saturday's fucking... No. We would have all took the job, too. So it ain't his fault. But I'm just saying. The time managing thing last night... After the third down, possibly call a timeout. Let's get situated because they go fast. They hand the ball off. He's set, he's tackling the backfield. Three-yard loss. It's fourth and three instead of fourth and one. I mean, you could say that retrospectively speaking. Nine, you know, six, six and a half dozen. The other, you want to go back and talk about what he couldn't do? I would also say Matt Ryan should have got the fucking first down. He dives three yards short with nobody around him. But nobody wants to talk about that. And I'm a Matt Ryan advocate. I've said Matt Ryan's going to ball this year. Well, he's shown glimpses and he's looked shittier. And so, like, it's just what it is, dog. You know what? He had open space. He dives fucking three yards short of the first. All he had to do was butt slide and get the first down. Like, that's all he had to do. Butts, butt slide and get the first down. So, like... You know, it is what it is. Um, the Raiders better than your Colts. Are you ready to eat crow? I, I didn't know the Colts were my team, number one, and I thought the Colts beat the Raiders. I, I'm confused. Uh, I'm confused, Hudson Tucker. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Mike Adler, New York Jets. I appreciate you, dog. Come on in back later on. Um so anyway, man, let's let's kill the noise of the Jeff Saturday thing. It was a bad hire, but it was a it was a good hire, but a bad person to hire. Like not a bad human, just a bad fit. And you guys got guys on that staff. You got a guy to fill in as an interim. You have that opportunity. Now you've put Jeff Saturday in a trick bag, and you may have fucking if he wanted to coach, which he looks like he's wants to do it like he looks like he's animate like he wants to coach well you may have fucked his coaching career off um by giving him this job too but nobody wants to talk about that nobody wants to talk about that so he'll be back in espn um and uh you know it is what it is we'll see we'll see what's up um but again, he hasn't been a grad assistant. He hasn't coached at a high school, a JUCO, a college, nothing. He's, he's been coaching a high school uh, or a youth pop Warner's program. I don't know what he did, but it's un- unbelievable. Um, the Lakers choked off a 20-point lead against the fucking Pacers last night. Uh, just kind of shows what they are. You know what I mean? That's just the team they are. It seems like they've been playing a little better, and they've done a little few things, and it's crazy. And I love the people that come out. Greg, Saturday will be a good coach in the future. Hey, Greg, you want to convince me? Then this is what you need to do. Saturday will be a good coach in the future, coach. And then give me some fucking bullet points on why. No, he won't. And I'll tell you why. See, but you can't tell me he's going to be a good coach and not tell me why. How the fuck do you think he's going to be a good coach, Greg? Why don't you tell us all? 
I'm curious to tell tell me why he's going to be a good coach. See, that's the problem with social media and these motherfuckers. You guys just talk, but you know absolutely dog shit about it. No, he's not going to be a good coach. <laughs> you know why? Because he's never fucking coached. You got to fucking understand something. You can be lucky. You can hit and miss. You can't fucking do a job that you do not know anything about the finite intricacies on how to build a roster, a team, a culture, how to understand timeouts, time management, clock management, situational football. You cannot just say, I'm going to be good at it. (laughs) Like, show me why. Show me why he's going to be good at it, Greg. And then I'll say, damn, Greg gave me some fucking valid points. But guess what? I just showed you why he's not going to be very good. Just telling you. He's not. And and if he gets a job after this thing, then you know that this is just a mockery. You're going to start losing value. You're going to start losing faith in ownership, which is going to start costing you roster spots. Cats don't want to go play for no bullshit mockery. They want a chance to win if they want to get this bag. If they're going to get the bag, they're not going to fucking sit there for two years and lose. Guess what they do then? They demand trades like the fucking guys are doing every single day. And what is that? That's the transfer portal. That is actually the transfer portal. So, like, it's just unbelievable. Um, I don't know. It, it blows my mind. Um So we'll see. Auburn hires Hugh Freeze, six-year deal worth six and a half million a year. Uh, Freeze praised the job Cadillac Williams has done as the interim, and he will be retained on staff. All right. Uh, Dion confirms Colorado offered him the job. Uh, we're going to talk to Matt about that today. Uh, hopefully, Matt gets his thing fixed. We'll get this guy uh, phone fixed so we can get him back on. I love Matt on the show. Um the Browns activated Deshaun Watson and released Josh Dobbs. Well, going back to Deion Sanders real quick. I want to go back to Deion real quick. Uh, I think it's the worst fit of any job for Deion. I think Colorado is the worst fit, okay, for Deion. Now, listen, I don't think Deion can coach football. I'm just saying it. But it, Deion is proving my point, which I continue to say every day. Coaching is overrated. Players win games. Coaches lose them. Jeff Saturday lost the game last night, by the way. Did he not? I just want to be clear. Staley, guess what? If his players don't get the first on fourth down at his own 30, guess who lost the game? Staley. Coaches lose games. Players win them. Jeff Saturday lost the game. We all knew he would. Um, it's just because it's just inevitable. But Dion is the guy that can actually get guys to buy in, get players to come there, build a relationship, give that love-hate relationship where you have to coach them hard, love them harder. They buy in. They don't transfer out. 
They don't leave. You get players that you should not get. He can do those things. Okay? He could do those things. Um, so I think Dion can win anywhere. I think he can win anywhere because coaching's overrated. He can get a staff. He can get money at a big-time school to get a staff, hire a good staff, and he can get guys to buy in, and he can do a good job. I don't doubt it one bit. I think Dion can win. But let's be clear about it. He's not a fucking big-time head college football coach. He is a big-time people person, manager of people, leader of men, gets guys to buy in. That is what it takes now. He could build a culture and create one. So I don't have a doubt he can do it in Colorado. My point is Colorado's not the fit for him. He's the fit for Colorado. Colorado ain't the fit for him. Arizona State would have been a better fit for Dion. Florida Atlantic's a better fit for Dion. South Florida is a better fit for Dion. Um, I didn't believe Nebraska was a good fit. I didn't believe Colorado was a good fit. I believe, I don't believe Wisconsin was a good fit. Cincinnati could be a good fit for Dion. Cincinnati could be a good fit, fit for Dion. Uh, and you're hearing me talk and you're listening and you're saying, well, why are you saying that? You picked all black cities and, and areas. Colorado Boulder is white area. Why are you saying that? I said it because I said it. And I'm a real one. And I'm going to say the shit that you ain't going to hear on ESPN. Cats ain't going to Boulder, Colorado. They don't even know who Dion is. I just said it on Whitlock's show yesterday. They don't know who he is. So let's be honest. You can get better talent at Cincinnati than you can in Wisconsin. Why? How many young inner city brothers from Miami is going to Wisconsin? Let's just keep it 100. Let's keep it real. How many motherfuckers from L.A. are going to go to Wisconsin? Well, guess what? Back in the day, Boulder, Colorado used to have a fucking flurry of cats from Compton, L.A., Watts, Darian Hagen, Eric Bieniemy. I mean, dog, we can go on and on and on. The cats that used to live in Oklahoma, Colorado, and Nebraska, when those three were in the Big Eight, and they were, a, they were all three national powerhouses. Jamel Holloway, Darian Hagan, like Cordell Stewart. Like these cats were powerhouses. The times have changed. Kids ain't going to those three schools no more. And bringing a cat like Dion into Boulder isn't going to change it overnight because you still have a cultural barrier. Dion can flourish. In a talent-rich area like fucking South Florida, Florida Atlantic, Cincinnati, you can go get everybody from everywhere. Colorado? Well, Colorado's not even paying nobody their, for their worth. Colorado's not paying you anyway. So, listen. Let's break down Colorado's recent hires, Okay. They had Carl Durrell, African-American man, uh, not a guy like Dion at all. He's not, he's not 
doesn't have the entertainment value. He can't recruit. He's not going to be able to use his name. Carl Durrell played in the NFL too, by the way, but nobody knows Carl Durrell. You think these players know Carl Durrell? They don't even know Dion. You think they know Carl Durrell? All right, let's go before him. Before that, you had Mel Tucker. All right. We can argue Mel Tucker has basically folded two programs. He's folded Colorado because he left them last minute high and dry during recruiting. Goes to Michigan State, has a one good year out of three, and now he's imploding that program. And he knew I had to get out of Colorado. I've spoke to him personally. He was like, dog, this ain't fucking town ain't for me. Okay. Okay. Number two. Number three, uh, it's running a muck on me. I can't remember his fucking name. Played for the Chiefs. Uh, God damn, what's my man's name? Uh, coaches for the Chiefs, I believe, with Andy Reid right now. His son played too. Uh, the old tight end guy. What's his name? Sean Waffle, remember. Who was the coach there uh, before that? Uh, God damn it. Uh, it's drawing a muck. Anyway, African-American uh, brother was the head coach. He was atrocious. Um, Colorado was atrocious, um, during that period. And he was another cat that I've talked to that was like, dog, I had to get the fuck out of there. And he's an alum. He's an alum. So that's is that's is why I wanted to have Matt on the show and talk about it. That's why I wanted to have Matt on and talk about these things. And so I was just like, dog, that fit don't fit. <laughs> that fit don't fit. I'm sorry. Boulder, Colorado, okay? Like, my best friends in the world's there. Darian Hagen, trust me. I'm telling you. But listen, I think Dion can win, and that's Matt's point. I'm not saying he's not. I think he is a fit for Colorado, but Colorado's not a fit for him. That is my point. I think he's more suited to go, and this is what I want from Dion. I want Dion to go down south and coach at USF, uh, Florida Atlantic. You know why? John Embry. Thank you, TJB. Um, John Embry. Um, you know why I want Dion down south? So when Florida State opens, he can show that he won at USF and Florida Atlantic, and he took kids from going to Florida State. Like, he out-recruited Florida State for kids. And you can do that nowadays with the portal and with the social media presence Dion has. You can still kids. Lane did it at Florida Atlantic. You don't think Dion can do it? And then they're going to say, okay, this guy's right here in our backyard. He's been kicking our ass for two years. And now Norvell, you haven't got over the hump. And boom, easy transition. Dion to Florida State. Alma mater goes back home. He's back home in his alma mater. And life is good. I don't see that because this is what I don't want for Dion. I don't want him to go to Boulder have this whole cultural issue, having a bad kind of taste. And then the, they all look at him like, well, he he didn't do well in Colorado. So uh, we can't hire him at Florida State. He's going to be so out of his element there that I just feel that he's on a high roll right now. He's got Jackson State going. He's done a hell of a job there. Now it's time to see what he can do with the big boys. And USF is a big boy. Even they're a group of five, they're in the best group of five conference. You get, you know, you're gonna you're gonna play big boy schools. You're gonna be able to recruit big boy kids and show your worth. Go out recruit Florida State, Florida and Miami, UCF. Go out recruit them guys, and 
Now you're in line to take a Florida State job. Now you're in line to take a Florida State job if you want. And that's just what I think. That's what I think. So it is what it is, man. I just don't think every job is the right fit. That's my whole goal. and This is what I just want to let that be known. I just don't think that's a fit for Dion. That's why I love to hear Matt's take on this. But, you know, it is what it is. Not every job is a great fit for you. Um, we'll see. The Browns activate Deshaun Watson. They release Josh Dobbs, quarterback uh, Dobbs, uh, who I actually like. I think he's got a big-time arm, uh, but he's not ready yet, obviously. Um, they activate Deshaun Watson. I, I just – and then you're going to play against the Texans? I don't know, man. Shout-out to uh, Jacoby Brissett for, for, for doing what he did all year. Shout out for to him. Uh, much love to Jacoby for doing what he did all year long, man. Um, great job. Melvin Gordon has been signed to the Chiefs practice squad. Why, Sean Waffle? Why, Sean Waffle? Why, why, why? Did y'all sign Melvin Gordon? Like, I got to be honest, man. I equate this to the transfer portal. All right, which we have 36,000 kids in right now. 36,000 kids are in the transfer portal. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. Melvin Gordon is a cancer. Okay? Takes one bad apple to ruin the whole batch, as you all know. You know how I feel about all that. He's a cancer. And Andy Reid, love him to death. Boy, that motherfucker takes shots on cats now. He takes a shot on shitbirds. I mean, goddamn, how many shitbirds has he signed over the years? And he has signed another one who can't hold the football. Um, cancerous in the locker room. And you brought him on. And I just, I just, I just don't get it. Um, but you know what? Not going to critique Andy Reid at all because he continues to do great things and win. He knows more things than I know. And uh, I'm just talking about the landscape of football. I equate it to the portal for this reason. When a kid enters a portal and another coach from another institution takes him, he's enabling that kid to continue to do what he does. Now, that could be a, being a shitbird. That could be being a great kid. That could be being a grad transfer. That could be being a kid that doesn't want to compete. That could be a kid that is lazy and there's a reason he's in the portal. That is a kid that has no tough skin, that he can't take an ass ripping. But you just took him and he's damaged goods. There's a, such a thing as damaged goods, dog. I'm going to be honest. There's a real thing. It's called damaged goods. You don't need to take them out of the portal just because they're in the portal. And if we stop taking these shitbirds, these kids that don't want to compete, these lazy, soft-minded, and able kids who want instant gratification without earning their fucking keep, without proving their worth, you're going to continue to have these issues in the portal. You're going to have the shitbirds. McNamara enters the portal after their team is 12-0. and 0. They're undefeated. And you're leaving that? That's not selfish. It ain't about me. It ain't about just you, is it? 
Like, come on, man. It, it, it blows my mind. It really does. It blows my mind that um, it, it, it's really blowing my mind that 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 is what you guys are enabling these kids, 30,000 of them. And if you just say, you know what? You couldn't hack it at Florida Atlantic. How the fuck are you going to hack it here at Louisville? You couldn't hack it at San Jose State. How the fuck are you going to handle it, hack it here at UNLV? You couldn't hack it at Kentucky. How are you going to hack it at Tennessee? You couldn't hack it at Michigan. How are you going to hack it here at Alabama? Like, I just don't know why that question isn't asked more. But we're so quick to pluck cats out of the fucking transfer portal, man. I'm just telling you. We're so quick to take them out. We're so tick. We're so quick to take them out, and uh, it blows my mind. Um, man, I'm not gonna watch Hard Knocks because I just, I, I just despise Kyler Murray. I despise Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, I, I just can't watch that shit show. You know what I mean? I just can't watch it. It, it it's, it, it, I despise those cats. So, you know, um. I, I just don't, I just despise those guys, man, to be honest. That's just really true. Um, um I, I, they just, it just, it despises me. So I don't really want to watch it. Um, Let me see. I I, I don't want to watch it really because. Let me see. Because I just I'll get pissed. That's really what it. I'll get fucking pissed off. So. Um, let me see. Um, I just despise these cats. I, I really do. That's why I don't want to understand. You know, that's because it's, it's, it's true to be honest. Um, to be honest, like, yeah, I had a lovely one. Kingston Davis, no doubt. Um, Trill Willie, let us know what you think about that. Cause I can't wait to hear your ass talk about it. I want to know what you know, since you know so much, I want to hear it. I want to hear what you have to say. Um, oh, um, I'm curious to see what you have to say. Um, you know, it is what it is. So I don't know. Um, but this is the world we're in. If you could play. If you can play, we will sign you. I mean, Cleveland Browns done it. Cleveland Browns done it, right? Cleveland Browns have done it. The Cleveland Browns signed Deshaun Watson. So, like, think about it. Like, come on, man. Get out of here with that. Griffin Borst, I see you're a new member. Um, 
Good luck with that. You should wish in one hand and shit in the other one. Um, Griffin Borst. <laughs> Another troll. Are you Sarah's husband? Griffin Borst? Or are you Sarah? <laughs> uh, Alex Marino said, JB uh, Winnie. I don't know what that means, dog. Please let us know what you mean, Alex. Um, JB a Winnie. Fuck. Some of you motherfuckers are unbelievably dumb. JB a Winnie. <laughs> hey, what did you mean, dog? Let me know what you mean. I'm curious. I want to know what you meant. Did you mean I'm a weenie? Is that what you meant? I'm a weenie? JB a Winnie. Am I a winner? Did you mean I'm a winner? I appreciate you, dog. If that's what you meant, much love to you. Shout out. JB, a winner. Am I a weenie or a winner? I'm kind of confused here. I don't know what's going on. See, if you can't spell, then you can't try to clown me. Like, it's, you started off bad. Like, you're in a hole. You can't get out of the hole, dog. If you try to clown me and you can't spell, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. I'm just going to be honest, dog. But I don't have time to deal with trolls today because you guys aren't even members. If you're a member troll, like a Carl Regal or one of you guys, then I'll have time for you. But you're not even paying, dog. So I, I just can't deal with you right now. You're probably probably Sarah's husband. I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, the portal, though, 30,000 kids in it. Let's stop taking them out. Let's stop taking it out. And if you take them out of the portal, you're just continuing to enable them. Let's stop the portal. Let's stop taking them. Let's stop taking them. And then we can possibly create some type of structure, culture, tough skin, tough love, get back to coaching football like it was meant to be coached. Let's do that. But stop taking them out of the portal. Um, I got some interesting information that I want to talk about, man. Matt Campbell uh, and Jim Leonard are mentioned uh, as candidates for the Cincinnati job, University of Cincinnati job. First of all, I want to make sure we're clear. Matt Campbell, I believe, is looking to get out of Iowa State for the simple fact that he's kind of imploded there after being a hot name for the last few years as a young coach. He was hot. He, he, he was a name that could have took a lot of jobs, turned those jobs down. And I think he's reneging on his ideology of staying put. I want to stay here because I can win here. He had a couple of decent seasons, never got over the hump. But having said that, you can't go backwards, okay? You can't go backwards because I believe you will commit coaching suicide if you go to a group of five from a power five. And there has been some incidences in this. There has been guys that have left power five schools and took group of five schools and programs over, all right? Uh Let's just say, let's talk about our main man um, who left, who left uh, Winnie. Fuck, I'm a Winnie. JB, a uh, Winnie. Uh, 
<laughs> oh, fuck, dog. Um, let's just talk about uh, Dana Holgerson, all right, for a second. Dana Holgerson was at a Power 5 school, West Virginia, had some success. Uh, he's been a, tabbed as a great offensive mind, great offensive guy. He did a lot of things for a long time. Um, well, you know, he leaves West Virginia Power 5 school to take a job at Houston, okay? And he left because of, you know, differences – differences um that he had with ad's presidencies uh presidents and others and he said you know what fuck it i'm gonna head out i'm gonna go to fucking houston group of five school okay all right so you take a group of five school and i believe he's committed coaching suicide who the fuck's gonna hire dana holgerson now at a power five Who's going to do it? And contrary to Bruce Helms' belief, hey, Bruce, tell everybody in here, since you're so good, okay, tell everybody in here why Hugh Freeze did, why did Hughes Freeze leave Ole Miss and go to Liberty? Let me, let me, let me hear that. I'm, I'm waiting. I want to hear that. <laughs> this motherfucker, Bruce Helms, said, Hugh Freeze left Ole Miss for Liberty. No, he didn't, my friend. He didn't fucking leave. He got fucking fired. Stop talking, Bruce. Yeah, I'm going to just leave Ole Miss to take the Liberty job. Or did I get caught cheating on my wife and sending crazy messages and being a fucking pimp? <laughs> By the way, you fired a guy, Brian Harson, who's a shitbird. But you fired him because apparently there's rumors out there he was cheating on his wife. So you fired a guy who was cheating on his wife, and you hired a guy who was pimping on his wife. <laughs> Much better. Better hire. <laughs> hey, at least, Bruce, at least Hugh Freeze can coach. Um... Harson, I don't know if he's under that category. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, that's a whole other ball game. But please understand. Please understand. That shit right there is not... Uh-oh. That's not going to uh, fly with me. Sorry. He didn't leave Ole Miss. Holgerson left West Virginia. He left West Virginia. Just so we're clear. He left... He left West Virginia for Houston and has been mediocre at best at Houston. Hasn't got the kids that he was get they were getting in Houston, and now they're they're a team that's sitting around here, um, and they're gonna struggle. They're gonna struggle. So it is what it is. Uh, hit the la hit the like button, Winnies. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. All my Winnies out there. Here's a good topic of discussion here. It's going to ruffle some feathers, but this is what I do. Uh, you got to love it. Appreciate everybody joining me this morning. Uh, let me ask you something real quick. Uh, first of all, let me answer a couple questions since we got all day long. I got a lot of shit to talk about. Uh, Aubrey Chambers said, Red Johnson is a new member. <laughs> Appreciate you. Uh, let me ask 
Aubrey Chambers. Aubrey, why aren't you a, a member, homie? He said, serious question. Does the Auburn leadership try to gain power back from the boosters since they run the show, or is it a lost cause? First of all, Aubrey, I think you have to have autonomy when you have – when you're a head football coach, you have to have somewhat full autonomy. If you watch or see the guys that have won in this profession, look at the admin behind them and, and let me know, do they control it or do the head coach control the narrative? Nick Saban, do you think admin tells him anything? No. He's got full autonomy from when I could take the private jet out to when I could take the fucking kids to dinner at my house when I can go and do whatever the fuck I want to do. Full autonomy. Do you think Urban Meyer was told what to do? No. Urban Meyer had full autonomy even to the pussy grab at the bar. Full autonomy. You think Dabo's told what to do at Clemson? No. Do you think Kirby Smart's told what to do at Georgia? No. Do you think Jim Harbaugh's told what to do at Michigan? No. Do you think Ryan Day's told what to do at Ohio State? Probably not. So, having said that, I know people who win despite that. Willie Fritz at Tulane. They're not giving any leeway for academics. Willie Fritz is winning at Tulane, one of the most highly prestigious academic institutions in America when it comes to football, playing schools that nobody wants to talk about how hard Tulane is, not only to get in, but to play there and stay academically eligible. Tulane is no joke. My quarterback started there for Willie for two years after leaving Indy. Trust me. He was at K-State and said it's, it's a fucking joke. K-State was a joke compared to Tulane academically. So that's what I want to make sure you understand. This is a completely different ballgame. A guy that don't have full autonomy who can win. Um, you know, that is... The, the thing that I don't understand. I don't think you understand. He has full autonomy at those places. So, um, you know, I just don't understand that. And that is just what the deal is. And I don't get it. Um, so if you don't have full autonomy, then, then you can't win. You can't win. Sorry. You just can't do it. So I'm going to ask you. Um, I'm going to ask you. Is Hugh Freeze going to have full autonomy? Because the last time the coach had full autonomy, they went to play for a national title and they beat Oregon. So, um, I'm just telling you, um, you know, I don't know. I don't understand it, but let's get into this bigger topic here. I want to get into a bigger topic. All right. Um, that Stanford job is going to be interesting who takes that job because not anyone and everyone can take that job. I'm just going to be honest with you right now. That is not a job that uh, that's not even a job that, you know, 
I don't know, man. Me and Sean Salisbury talked about it last night. We're going to talk about it today in depth. He knew David Shaw, David Shaw's dad. You know, that job at, at Stanford is not a job for just anybody. Like, that is one of the hardest places to coach and to win at in America. Stanford. I put Stanford right there with Duke, Vanderbilt, Cal, um, Tulane, Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, and all the military institutions. Stanford's right there with those schools. First of all, you have to compete against public institutions that can recruit without any 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 setbacks, any holdings, any academic restrictions. Um, you got two of them in our conference alone, Cal and Stanford. And then the other private institution, USC, is free reign. You can get D's and get in there. So other places, um, like I mentioned just now, are all very, very restrictive. And uh, I just don't know. I don't know if, if, uh, if you can if any just swinging dick can go in there, it's just not going to happen. You have to have a real, real veteran guy who can also relate with today's players, build a relationship, recruit out of this world, and look the part. You have to look the part there. And that is the problem. You have to look the part there. And so, uh, you know, I don't know. Um Let me see my boy in. Um, trying to see if Matt may be able to pop in. Uh, but then he went black. Um, the screen went black on me. Uh, so look, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we, we do have a special guest joining us here in a minute, though. Um, but Chris Peterson could be the guy. But I don't know. I'm curious to see. I don't. I don't know if he's that guy or not, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but let me get to this Lamar Jackson thing real quick, okay? Um, yeah, Troy. Good. That's that's funny. Um, Lamar Jackson claims that after his tweet that he went off on the guy and basically said, "Eat a dick up," and you don't know shit besides how to eat a dick, which is great. I love Lamar for saying it. Everyone wants to talk about it, but I, but at the same time, it's like, well, Lamar, you know, you got to separate yourself from your personal life and your social media background. Got to you got to separate yourself. And I thought he, I've always said he's a great character kid. I know guys that recruited and coached him. I've always said he's great character. And I and I don't believe you should be castrated for one fucking tweet. Um, but again, you can't come out and wear the shirts that you wear about like, you know, it ain't I pay no mind. I don't care. Da, 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 da. And then come out and do that. So. Uh, special guest, my friend Steve Kim, joining me. What up, man? Morning. What? And uh, wait a minute. The, here's what I do, Coach. I don't actually watch you live from 6 a.m. on. What I do is I usually wake up around seven to seven fifteen, 
and I catch you on delay. And then I just catch up throughout the day. So what happened to Mute McChesney? I'm dying to hear his Russell Wilson take. Hey, he's uh, <laughs> Matt is so pissed at the world right now. Something's going on with his phone. He can't get it to unmute. I don't know why. It has to be something so small. He keeps popping in, but it can't get in. So I don't know what's happening. He's done it for two days straight. Somebody needs to help him. We got to get a technical guy into Colorado. Um, hey, let me ask you something real quick while I'm on this this Lamar Jackson take because I love that you take uh, you you love making these takes that are, are that are not controversial at all. Um, I'm kidding. You do. Uh, he came out today. Did you see that he came out and said uh, after the tweet that he wrote and he d- deleted? You know, eat a dick. You don't know shit yeah. about this sport. Da 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 da. I actually liked it. I told Jason yesterday that um, when we did his grading thing, I said, you know, his character had to drop though because he's the leader of a football team and he's a quarterback and he wears shirts that say, you know, screw everybody. I'm all about me. I'm going to go keep grinding all these things. Well, you can't do one thing and the other and expect not to take heat for it. So I don't castrate him over one mistake either, though. Uh, We've all made them. Um, But this is the society we're in, Steve. Now he's now facing a whole nother issue, and it's about LGBT. The untouchables. The untouchables came out and said, oh, now you're anti-gay and blah, blah, blah. And so now Lamar is having to come out and say, I'm not anti-gay. And I never, uh, you know, about all the stuff that he said, uh, eat a dick and all that shit he said. Like, now they're taking the play on the field to an upset quarterback who tweeted out, out of frustration, something to a fan that it was hating, to now I'm anti-gay. Why do we do this? Well, when it comes to that particular group, like I said, they are untouchable. And this is what happens, though, Coach. When you are in a contract year and you have left yourself no safety net and you have made sure that, hey, I have no representation, it's going to be me and my mother, which is fine, you leave yourself at risk. And now when your play is a little bit uneven, this is the problem. And I'm kind of with you. I would have respected it more saying, you know what I meant. I'm not gay. Leave it at that. Leave me alone. I would have been like, wow. Problem is the way they have corporatized sports and the way it's all tied in, I think the organization or other organizations would hold that against him if he didn't. So now he has to look at his own self-interest. So I just I just find that to be very alarming that if he would have said something like, yeah, you cracker-ass cracker or you chink, everyone, hey, it's just the heat of the moment, right? And it would have been okay. I wouldn't have been offended. If it was some Asian guy and he, he would have made some rice bowl haircut joke or said our driving's terrible, I would have been, okay, that's fine. It is what it is. <laughs> I would have responded back, yeah, it's as erratic as you're passing. You know, I would have made a joke out of it, right? <laughs> so, hey, 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 is, is, is that a real thing? Is, is that a, is, are Asians really bad drivers? I mean, we live in L.A. Come on, man. Jason, can I just tell you something? If you ever would have drove through Monterey Park, trust me, it's true. It's like bumper cars out there. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to say this right now. The more Asians you have in your neighborhood, you better have your Allstate. <laughs> You're going to need to be in good hands. But it's mostly the older women, to be honest with you, and I go there. But uh, I, I I, kind of feel bad for Lamar 
because I think he did not understand, and, and he should have known better. Don't ever tweet right after a game, and don't engage with the fans unless you're winning and it's a positive interaction because nowadays, and I, I've seen this with boxers, there's a really good little boxer by the name of Gervonta Tank Davis, and he's one of these younger kids. He's a little bit volatile. He says what's on his mind, and then he quickly deletes a lot of his postings. You know what the problem is, especially with him now? When he tweets anything about one of his grievances, whether it's his promoter, the sport, cussing somebody out, we all screenshot it within a second. I said we could have an art gallery with all his deleted tweets, and it'd be quite a collection. So I, these guys got to understand. The one thing with Lamar, I found it. I was watching you guys yesterday, you and Sean Salisbury, uh, last chance Q. I watched it. You know, it's interesting about Lamar's play. Now, just go back to the play on the field. When you watch that all 22, and as you take us through it, uh, boy, he misses a lot of throws. Even his completions, he's either getting the ball off late or it's going to the wrong guy. You really, you guys really explain how many yards he really leaves on the table every game. Hey, Steve, he had 16 completions. The long one to Deshaun Jackson. Take that out. Yeah. And you got a 160-yard game on 15 completions. Like, that's not going to win an NFL Super Bowl. I'm and sorry. That's and that's 32 attempts. I <laughs> and one of the one of the uh, early, I don't know what I call it, analytics, but I've, I've read for years, and I remember reading this as a kid, one of the markers where you can really gauge the efficiency of any pass offense or quarterback is yards per attempt. Like, look at Michigan Wolverines with J.J. McCarthy. He only had, I think, 24 attempts, 12 completions. We had like 270 yards because they had to hit explosive yeah. plays. So that's efficiency. When you look at the Ravens, now this week they actually got into the high 20s. They had, what, 26 points or something like that. A lot of games that I watched, and I remember DMing you two weeks ago. I said, geez, coach, we're into the middle of the third and then early fourth. They had three points against a really bad team at home. There's just is not a lot of efficiency in terms of that Baltimore Ravens offense. Yeah, that Carolina team who who beat Russell Wilson and the, the Broncos uh, – uh, this week, so they've won two games, or they could have won two games. Uh, they held Baltimore down so so late, but you know he just—I don't know—he struggles late in the game, and and you know I understand he's frustrated, but at the same time, man, life's about choices. And going back to your point, Javante Davis, the the boxer, and uh, Lamar, I told Jason Whitlock yesterday. I said, you know what? I'm not deleting a tweet. Yeah, and you know why? Because that's who I am. Like, I don't understand these people that come out. And then and then what kills me, Steve, is, is, is this t topic. I, I break down all the time. Kirk Herbstreet came after me on Twitter after the Netflix show came out. And, and you know, so. And then I was on Pat's show. And then Pat and him were kind of tight. And, you know, it is what it is. And I'm like, listen, uh, uh, you know, Kirk came after me personally. And then. Kirk can apologize all he wants. He apologizes all the time when he says shit. He bashed Michigan a couple years ago, and then he came out crying on a fucking tweet, literally crying because he said something insensitive defending Ohio State over Michigan fans. And he's like, I shouldn't have said that about Michigan, that players were dumb and all this other shit, right? So I'm sitting there, and I tweeted out, no, that is who you are. And all the fans that say, Kurt, you're a stand-up guy for apologizing. You're the best. No, you're not. You're a fucking shitbird. That's who you are, not what you say you are. 
And I and I'm just like, I'm not gonna delete a tweet because we know that's who I am. I'm not gonna apologize or delete it or any of this. The guys that delete it um, should never have posted it in the first place. And that is because you're around a bunch of yes men and yes women in your circle. And they allow you to do it because if that if, if Lamar had an agent and a PR and a publicist, there's no way they're going to let that tweet get out there. But he has his mother as his agent and he's losing money every day. I, you know, with Kirk Herbstreet, it's again, are you a stand up guy or a stand down guy? Because you had to stand down because you couldn't take the heat. You know, I, I still remember two years ago, I remember setting this to Whitlock going, oh, God, I got to get out of ESPN because I was still there. When Kirk Herbstreit was crying during some college football panel because he, he said, no one should get killed because they're wearing a hoodie. I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. He was like, we get it, Kirk. You got the white guilt. Jesus, I, I get it, Kirk. You, you're not racist, okay? I mean, he went all the way out there, but you are right. Are you apologizing because of what you said or are you apologizing because it wasn't popular and because of the heat that you are taking? It's like that bank robber or a guy that commits a crime who says, I'm sorry about the crime. Really? Or are you sorry about getting caught? See, there's a difference. Is it real remorse or is it just a form of PR? And I think we as a society, uh, the people that want to be outspoken, that are going to be out there on the forefront and say things that are going to be somewhat amplified, you have to have enough guts to put something up and say, yeah, that's how I feel. Because I think here's the issue that I have, and I've learned to be good at this. I realize that there are people that are never going to like me. They're going to hate what I say. There is no appeasing them. And if you try to please everyone, you please nobody. So my new thing is if someone ever comes up to me or, or they have a social media interaction, well, I disagree with this, this, and this, and I hate what you said. The natural reaction should be, Jason, if you're not going to just cuss them out, these two words, yeah, and, <laughs> that's it. It's like, because these people are dying, believe it or not, Jason, even the, the guys that you have that you cuss out on your show on a daily basis, we're there for two and a half hours that swear they hate you and they don't like your show. But every Monday at 6 a.m., they're there on your comments. They are looking for your validation. Yes. The way you validate them is yes. by appeasing them or trying to humor them or trying to curry favor with them by trying to soften your opinion. No, my view is you double down on your opinion. Because at the end of the day, and again, I don't want to sound arrogant, many of these people they are they take your opinion more seriously than they take their own that's the truth that's the oh, power yeah. of the platform they want to be liked they want to yeah. be liked on twitter they want to they want you to like their shit and retweet it and then it, it blows my mind i did a show when i when i was still the slapstick podcast which i i, I love i miss that name but anyway i had to be you know, cancel culture yeah. <laughs> got to me. Uh, so I, I, I did a show called Bad Words, Steve. And that's what I titled every show differently. So that, that show is Bad Words. And what I was talking about was you can say anything nowadays. And on Twitter and Instagram, I can call you. I love, and you have to love what I'm about to say to you. Hey, Steve, no offense, but I can call you a bitch. 
Don't tell me no offense if you call me a bitch. Yeah. You can't say it before or after. But it, but 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 to be honest, I can call you a bitch on type. I can type out, Steve, you're a bitch made cat. <laughs> and, then, and then I respond, Steve, and I say, Hey, fuck you, motherfucker. Woo, 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 woo. And you know what he, you know what their response is? <laughs> ah, hell yeah, coach responded to me. I can't. I'm so excited. Da, da, da. Dog, I called it bad words, Steve, because you think that the word bitch being thrown around nowadays is a cool, funny thing. Back in my day, Steve, in our yeah. day, you're getting knocked the fuck out. I don't care if you call me a bitch as a man, we are fighting, and I know oh. we're fighting before anything else. Nowadays, bad words don't mean anything, and then bad words mean everything on social media because you can be canceled. But you can call me a bitch, Steve, but if I say eat a dick, now the LGBTQ is going to cancel me. You know what's interesting? I used to block a lot of people. Uh, they used to call me like Asian Anthony Munoz or the uh, Korean Mutombo because I'd block everybody. Now I'm finding out it's actually funnier and more enjoyable to just mute these people because the bottom line is they can still see your message or words that may piss them off but you never get to hear them because they're muted, right? Like McChesney. But the funny thing is, so then they come, like, you'll say something they don't like. And these people will start bitching at you, moaning at you, and you never see it. And it's a great power because now when they start arguing with some of your followers that agree with you, you really piss them off by retweeting all of the responses of the people that agree with you. And I'm just telling you, sometimes, I'm there for an hour just retweeting one guy, and you know it's pissing off that other guy that's not getting it. I mean, you can manipulate this thing because, again, these people care more about what you say than their own opinion. They don't even understand the power they're giving you. I I, I, I am just so petty in my life, Steve, <laughs> that I have to block you. This is why. <laughs> I want to make sure... You are a dick-riding, bitch-made cat. And I want to make sure, and then I, get, I I sit there and wait about a minute. Okay, he saw it. Block. He's actually, I, I actually block him while he's typing. And Steve, I have to tell you, it is the most gratifying thing in this bitch-made world we're in to see a guy typing that knows it gets blocked midstream and he can't type. I've had, I've had more than a few people uh, DM me or email, hey, Steve, you know, you blocked me on Twitter. I go, yeah. <laughs> Unless I know you and I think, I guess, I mean, look, I'm a forgiving guy, too. I have a heart. But it's funny when people ask you to be unblocked. And I'm thinking I to myself, I'm like, this is just social media. <laughs> it cannot be this important. I'm no, I'm being serious. <laughs> it's like, I, first of all, I'm, I'm, it's very gratifying that you're, it's important to you to hear my tweets on my lunch or how the traffic was. But, jeez, I, I would never ask. First of all, I take pride in the fact that I've acted in a way that anyone that I've ever followed, I've never been blocked by. Because I do understand one thing. There's an etiquette. If I come on your timeline as a follower, I'm a guest in your house. I don't, think, I don't get to come in with muddy shoes and stomp all over your white Persian rug. I, I think there has to be some decorum, some respect. But I, I, it's, it's amazing to me that social media has really emboldened a lot of people 
to act and conduct themselves in a way that they would never do so in real life. And that, that is part of the decline of our modern society, you know? So, you know, but I'm not a lot. Every time I wake up, I retweet things that I know are going to upset people, but that I believe in, because I've always said, uh, I will never force my politics or my social or cultural views on you, but you will never alter mine. And I've had a few people that have tweeted at me, Oh, well, Steve, you know, I only follow you for boxing, not political takes. And I just calmly say, look, you have two choices here. You can unfollow me now or I can do you a favor and block you because you're not going to leverage a follow. It's not that important to me. See, one of the ways you really enjoy social media, coach, don't ever care about followers. Because I see too many people now saying things that they don't mean to try to get popular and to have uh, everyone like you. I think it's the most inauthentic way of doing this. Steve, they're buying them. I yeah. didn't even know this was a thing. I didn't know you could buy followers. You can. But, you know, a lot of that happened with uh, with influencers or guys that really make their money at this by trying to get more sponsors. So they tell a sponsor, look, I have X, Y, Z amount of followers. The, the thing that I've learned is, though, and I've been told this, these companies know – if you have a bunch of bots, there's yeah. ways of figuring out just because yeah. like you can do a lot of the ratios. Like if you have X, Y, Z amount of followers and all of your tweets do like less than 1.001% of engagement, right. they're going to figure out the math doesn't figure. The math does not take on that. And, and, and Steve, I'm be honest. I don't want a bunch of fake fucks. I already got a yeah. bunch of fake fucks following me. I'm the real thing. <laughs> like, exactly. No more. Uh, right. Everyone should know what they're getting into when they follow Coach JB, Steve Kim, Jason Whitlock, whoever. You know how I feel about certain things. Uh, me and you go on air quite consistently on various platforms. We make it clear our views on certain things. I do not ask you to agree with me, but I'm not going to have you force me to have your opinion. And you're allowed to have your opinion. And I've said this to other people and it offends them. Especially when they come on my timeline. I, I always tell these people, I've said it before. Um, I respect the fact that you have an opinion. <laughs> right. I don't have to respect it. You're going to have the opinion. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> and people hate hearing that for some reason. I don't have to like you either, but I can right. respect you. Right. <laughs> I, like, it blows my mind. Like, Steve, let me ask you this. You just told me a story when you came over to the house the other day. Uh, and, 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 uh, and, and, and got to taste my luxurious smoke oh. uh, pulled pork. Uh, hey, let me ask you. A guy saw you in the liquor store. You're in a, a predominantly black neighborhood down where you got off the freeway at. And then it oh, gets, okay. Oh, yeah. You're in, you're in part of the hood uh, out here. And somebody noticed you. Said, hey, Steve Kim, you're on Jason Whitlock's show. Is that you? And you're like, yeah, hell yeah. How often have you ever had someone come to you and say, Hey, Steve Kim, fuck you. Everything you say is bullshit. You motherfucker, I'm going to beat your ass. Hardly I bet you ever. never had that. I don't even really recall it. I've never had it, Steve. Never. I've been around people I know in boxing circles, fans, that when the fans meet up. I know a lot of fans who hate me, say a lot of things about me, but when I'm around them, they are quiet as a church mouse. And I'm not saying I'm the toughest guy either. I'm really, I, I, don't, I don't have time to fight. don't want to get into it. It's not worth it. But some of the same guys that chirp a lot, boy, they don't have a damn thing to say, which is fine. You're allowed to coexist. I, you know, I can share spaces with people I don't like. 
And I'm an outspoken boxing guy uh, by standards. A lot of these other guys, they want to get hired by the bigger companies. They still want to work in corporate legacy media. They have no other choice but to play the game. I really don't have to, don't want to, don't need to, will not. And so when I go to a boxing match specifically, I get recognized a lot. I'm not the most famous guy. I'm not Larry Merchant. I'm not Jim Lampley. I'm certainly not the stature of a fighter. But that interaction happens a lot. But I will say this, though, Coach. I would say an overwhelming majority of the personal interactions I have with the public that recognize me are always positive. The people always. that are negative, they only spew their venom over online, really, to be to be truthful. I haven't had that many negative or any negative uh, interactions. I, I agree, man. It's 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 kind of unbelievable that uh, I've never had one. And uh, and I'm on golf courses with Pat Perez during live tour events inside the ropes. And I got, God, call you know, and then I'll see a tweet later on and I'll look at the guy and I'm like, fuck, I seen that guy on the golf course and he was fucking <laughs> sucking my dick. Now he's fucking talking shit. Like, oh. it's unbelievable how fake we are. Uh, right. You know what's funny? And again, uh, Saturday, uh, did he show his inexperience? Oh. He blew or- that game. Okay, let me, let me, let me, let me, before you go there, oh. let me, let me be fair, okay? I, this is what I got to say. The haters came out. Now, no, let me, let me clarify. Me, myself, Sean Salisbury, Matt McChesney, coaches that I've known, players that I've known in the business, every single D1 and NFL coach that I know that I spoke to after Jeff Saturday got the job are fully 1,000% against the hire for one <laughs> reason, one reason only. You slap the profession in the face for everyone that has been grinding their balls off to get that position and get called over for a guy that was in ESPN who's never coached anything, who just happens to be the owner's boy, who actually is a legendary center for your Peyton Manning-led teams. I get it. But you slapped a lot of coaches in the face. Now, having said that, once you make that – I would, I would not have turned down the job. Steve Kim, you would not yeah. have turned down the job. Jason Whitlock would not have turned down the job. But having said that, it's not a Jeff Saturday problem. I have no issue with Jeff Saturday. He took the job that he was asked to take. I have a problem with the process and how he got the job. And now when he won a game, Steve, the amount of tweets that I saw that he's the next fucking Belichick, and then by the same people now that he's lost two games – why the fuck did we hire him? It blows my mind. Like, can you not renege? Can you keep your consistent values? Like, I said it from the gate. I say it now. He was the wrong hire. I love Jeff Saturday. Not his fault. But now you may have fucked him if he ever does want to coach in the long run because now he's tarnished. You know, there's an old saying, and Mario Cristobal says this all the time. If it's not okay in losing, it's not okay in winning. In other words, it's really about the process. Everyone's so focused on the result, you know. And and I said this a couple of weeks ago after they beat the Raiders. I said I said to Jason, I said Jason, hold on, he could lose the next seven games. Let's hold off on crowning him as Thomas uh, Vincent Thomas Lombardi 2.0. Oh, I'll give the Colts credit. They are playing hard. They are competing. They could easily be three and zero, but Jason. They he mishandled that last 96. I couldn't believe it. So they convert the fourth and three on the deflected pass. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, let's go. Let's go. 
then and then all of a sudden it becomes second and 17 because Matt Ryan looked 85 years old in that pocket yesterday. <laughs> so I'm thinking call timeout, call timeout. And it's ticking and it's ticking. I'm going, they're not calling a timeout? And then Matt Ryan, who looked 85 years old, turns into Vanilla Vic and he gets like 15 yards. I'm thinking, okay, now call a timeout because now you've got two plays to make three yards. And by the way, I give Matt Ryan credit. He actually dove forward. He was actually not just sliding. People were arguing with me saying, well, Steve, Matt Ryan didn't dive. I said, bro, he got 15 more yards on the scramble than we thought. Okay, that's found money. So at third and three, the clock is ticking. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, Jeff, call a timeout. You have three of these things. You're inside, what, the 25 now. So, come on. And then he kept letting it. Then they ran the ball. I couldn't believe it. And then they call a timeout. Coach, it felt like the game was lost even before the fourth down. I believe, at least on one of those other plays prior, you had to call a timeout. And specifically on third and three, you got to call a timeout and gather the team and say, look, we got two plays to make three and a half yards. It just looked hodgepodge. I thought he completely mishandled that situation. Now, now this is what I always say, and I say it every day, and I know I'm never going to be told that it's I'm wrong. Like, you could tell me I'm wrong every day, but I'm always going to stand by my conviction. Coaches lose games. Players yeah. win them. And that's just the period. Coaches lose them. Players win them. And be honest, to your point, Matt Ryan, Vanilla Ice, takes off. He gets 15 yards. If he wasn't a deer in headlights, Steve, and his and if he ever ran the ball before in his life, he would have realized there was fucking no one near him. All he had to yeah. do was run one more yard and take a butt slide instead of dive three <laughs> yards short when nobody was even near him. Just take a butt slide and get the first. And we're not even discussing this, but guess what? <laughs> the coach lost the game because he didn't call timeout, and they get up and hurry up. They hand the ball off. They actually lose a yard. It's fourth and three. And now everyone knows in the in the fucking place you got to throw the football. So it's just it's just unfortunate. And, and those are situations. But I don't want to castrate Jeff Saturday for the one bad clock management because this is the bottom line, Steve. If you go around the league and watch the league, 90% of the coaches, other name than Belichick, Tomlin, Andy Reid maybe may what well, would have been Bruce Arians who's not there anymore um maybe my man in buffalo maybe Sirianni now uh they're all bad at clock management yeah. all these head coaches are bad so like i'm just trying to make sure that's not the sole reason we're going to castrate saturday but at the same time he wasn't the oh. guy for the job anyway and now no. I'm just Afraid that he's gonna get castrated. Coach, uh, did you watch the Patriots Viking game? Did you, were you there when you're at Pat Perez's house? Were you were you guys sober enough to actually kind of reflect? Okay, I found this because I'm a big Belichick fan. I think that guy's a wizard. I was that's one of the few times I thought that team lost the game. Now, I don't want to say through coaching, but through mental errors. They had a situation where they forced a punt, and it's I think it was fourth and three. So the punt team comes on. And I've always said this, unless you're Beamer ball and you're specifically coaching a style where we're always going to try to block kicks, there are so few block punts in football. I would tell the guys on the outside guys, unless we're behind in the game with less than a minute, we're not, I want the ball, want the ball. Situation like that, and I think it was a tie game, 
they run into the kicker. And I'm thinking, oh my God, for a for a Belichick team, for a Belichick coach team to make that mental error was stunning to me. It was let me, absolute- let me ask, let me throw some psychology in this and give you a, a little ideology that I have. Let me ask you this. Alabama, Nick Saban, most we can argue and fight that other than well, not other. He's the he has had the most disciplined program yes. in college football no for doubt. a very long time, right? Yes. His good friend by Bill Belichick has also had the most disciplined. If you fart in the wind and I smell it, you may be cut. Yeah. Right. Now let's go to this year and last year. Alabama and Nick Saban is one of the most penalized teams in America. Yeah. Belichick's Patriots, one of the most penalized teams in the NFL. Can you argue with me that that is not because of a unruly, damaged goods transfer portal that has spiraled upwards and has become the same way in NFL free agency or, let me say, guys under contract who demand to be traded and now we have to take certain people that we may not have wanted to take before. Belichick, I don't believe, has a roster that he usually would have. Yeah, the game has changed. I think at the college level, you know, when you look at Alabama this year, boy, they are they do a lot of the little things bad. A lot of false starts. Um, defensive backs. That's probably the worst group of defensive backs I've seen at Alabama under Saban. They lost two games by one possession, last possession of the game, basically. So, you know, they're still kind of in it. But by their standards, you're right. It's not a tight ship. Now, let me ask has- you this, though. Let me ask you this. I attested to this. If you transfer two times, transfer three times, you have three different ideologies on how to tackle. Yeah. Me, me and you spoke about this the other day in person. You have, three, you have three different culture settings that you were just in. You have three different belief systems that you were just in. And now you get to save it in the spring, in February, January, yeah. February. You go through his spring ball, and you're playing in, in August. And it's a whole other philosophy than what you just had. But you still have that old philosophy in your head. And now guess what you have to do? You have to do that with a bunch of new kids in, in yeah. January again. And it's another new set of kids. And now you don't really get to throw your culture at these kids for two to three to four years like we once saw Saban do. So now you have a revolving yeah. door of kids every single spring, and you have to reteach tackling. And then you got these kids who think they know every fucking thing. So they're like, well, Curry Smart said we should have our upfield shoulder here. And then I'm telling you to do this. And now you have a completely uh, different issue that's going Coach, on. I, believe I see this before. in boxing all the time. Fighters switch trainers. It happens often. And I've done a lot of stories on this. And every fighter that I've ever interviewed after they switched the trainer that began them as an amateur, they started as a pro, they lose a couple of fights, the relationship kind of sours. So every time a boxer goes to a new trainer, this is one of the cliches I've probably written down a thousand. Oh, yeah, I'm learning so much here. <laughs> every there's, no, there's never been a boxer that has ever said, eh, I'm not learning much here. It's just a new guy. I'm paying him less, you know. Hey, every every new trainer. I'm learning so much, but now you, now the way you put it, I'm thinking, okay, you're learning so much, but are you learning the right thing? Because every trainer, if you went to five different trainers, they would teach you five different ways to jab. They would teach you five different ways to step with that left hook. 
They'd have five different philosophies of fighting and how you should box. It's absolutely true. And now you're talking about a team game that is comprised of 11 individuals that has to work as one. Coach, here's another question from that Belichick game that I found interesting. So the the Bills, uh, excuse me, the Vikings punt last 30 seconds or so of the game, and the Patriots get the ball. Now, the rule is if your heels touch the 10 and you back up on a punt, you don't touch it. Well, this guy fielded the punt at the two, and I'm thinking, okay, but someone pointed out, Steve, that kid last week, he did a walk-off punt return against the Jets. Maybe your odds of taking a punt return 98 yards or more than doing a 75, 80-yard drive from the line of scrimmage with Mac Jones. Do you agree? Which one do you agree with? Do you think the punt return, if he's good enough, you say, okay, you know what, try to hit lightning in a bottle? Or do you just say take the touchback, knowing there's not a lot of time? Where do you go with that one? Man, it's so it's such a – it's all with the kick, like right. First of all, the kicking team, obviously. Do we want height on it, or do we want it now to be caught, right? right. So we got we got to ask that question. And the return team, it's a coaching deal because Buffalo, you can argue, lost the game against Kansas City last year. Yeah. On the final deal, it didn't wasn't squib it. Didn't squib it, and it cost that they didn't shave off a few seconds that were key. Yes. In that situation. So, yeah, exactly. So it comes out of philosophy on what where you are and what situation, but. You know, I don't know. The touchback deal, to me, kickoff taking the kickoff out of the football game by moving up the kicker. Yeah. So basically, every every kickoff return, is, a, is there is none. It's a touchback. Yeah. So you've taken <clears throat> out that excitement of the game, and you've created a soft game by taking that element out of the game. You took away the wedge breaker. Yep. Can't hold hands anymore. We used to run down holding hands like, it's fuck, ooh. Like, this used to be football. And... I didn't see everybody walking off with CTE and concussions. Like now all of a sudden you can't do it because concussions like, come on, man. And, and Steve, let me ask you something else uh, while we're on this subject. You're telling me in 2022, we can talk to fucking aliens and we can see a fucking uh, galaxy billion light years away, but we don't have a better helmet than a bike helmet that I wore in 89. Yeah. And by the way, the helmets look strange now. They all, they all yeah, they look like Darth Helmet. Remember it, Spaceballs? Darth it Helmet? Yeah, anyway. I don't know. I, I, I'm not ready to throw Saturday under the bus, but I'm saying that they put him in a bad situation. He's not the guy. We know that. His hoorah shit is over. Just like MDC in Detroit, it's only so much hoorah that you can take. So, I mean, it's a tough situation. Uh, I had my former player coming on here this morning, but he got cut by the Dolphins last night, and he oh. was going to come on and – break news on the show, but then he got picked up and called by the Texans. So they're flying him out to Houston right now to work out. So, so I, I you have to come on later, but I was going to ask him about his, his head coach and Tua. And he had a lot of things to talk about, about white in, uh, in, in New York and Zach Wilson. And he was there with the jets. He caught two winning touchdowns from white uh, in the, in the play uh, in the preseason. And he, he thinks he's good. Uh, Solid made a comment yesterday, Steve, that that Zach's not done with with being the guy yet. Uh, should he be? I'll put it to you like this: I don't know if Mike White is the long term answer, but he's the short term solution. Did you see the body language on the receivers during those highlights? I mean, you could tell that they're they were sick of Zach. They were sick of. 
catching bounce passes. They were sick of getting put their lives in danger with throws that were going to get their ribs kicked in. They were hitting routine throws. Uh, the rookie, Garrett Wilson, took a pass and he took it to the house. Uh, DJ Moore, the little slot receiver out of Ole Miss, who had been chirping a little bit because he was very frustrated, he caught a routine pass for a touchdown. It, it, you could just tell that the receivers specifically, and I saw some of the interviews, they were smiling ear to ear. Sometimes you say things without even specifically stating them. For the time being, you got to go with Mike White because here's the issue. When people say, well, Mike White's not great, he uh, it doesn't have to be. He has to be better than Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson has set a very low bar that even if Mike White just gives you by NFL standards, ordinary average play, <laughs> it's a lot better than Zach Wilson. By the way, if Mike Wilson or if Mike White gives you that type of game statistically every week with that Jets defense, yes, you have a very good chance to win a lot of games because with that unit, and, that, and then this is the frustration with the Denver Broncos. The defense is thinking, hey, guys, all you have to do is score 20 to 24 points and we'd win. We're not asking you to be the 1999 Rams. So when people say, what's the upside of White? I say, no, that's a bad question. I said, right now, is his actual floor better than what Wilson is giving you? I, I think with Salah, he has to say certain things to make sure Zach Wilson is still engaged. And by the way, I saw some shots of Zach Wilson in his hoodie looking like a Yoda or whatever, as they said, on the sidelines. I didn't like his body language. It didn't look like he was fully engaged. But right now, uh, Mike White, that's the right guy to stick with. I wouldn't change anything. He, he looks like Tyler Murray on the other side of the, on the, on the yeah. West Coast, right? Tyler Murray, same yeah. way. Shitbird on the sideline. Colt McCoy comes off the field. He was a shitbird for two weeks. He gets the game back. He loses the game. And, 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 and throws Kingsbury under the bus. <laughs> and then he throws Kingsbury under the bus. So it's just like, come on, man. It's unbelievable. Uh, let me play a little game with you, dead or alive, uh, real quick. Um, we know the Jags are done. We know the Colts are dead. We know the Steelers are dead. We know the Browns are dead. Uh, Raiders are dead. They're all four and seven. Uh, dead or alive, San Diego Chargers, six and five, or LA Chargers, six and five. If they get healthy, they're still alive. They got to get healthy, though. They've been banged up. And, and you know, Rashawn Slater, the Pro Bowl, you know, young tackles out. But if they can get Keenan Allen and Mike Williams healthy at the same time, when you have that big boy Herbert, you still have a shot. But <laughs> this is my sneaking suspicion, Coach. Brandon Staley's going to blow another game. And that game cost them the playoffs. I, I think he should be out of there. There's way too much talent on that team not to make the playoffs for the second consecutive year. I agree. Uh, New England Patriots, Belichick-led Patriots. Mac Jones seems like he's playing better. They're 6-5 and five as well. Um, dead or alive? I still think they're alive because they're very difficult. By the way, I like the game Mac played on Thursday. He was decisive in the pocket. He made really good quick throws. He was accurate. You get that version of Mac Jones. Zappy Mania is over. Six and five, again, with the 17-game schedule, uh, nine wins now pretty much puts you as that third wild card. I think they're still very much alive. Titans, seven and four. Oh, they're certainly alive. Here's the issue with the Titans. It's not a matter if they're going to make the playoffs. They'll make the playoffs. This is the last year, I believe, that Ryan Tannehill will be trusted, if that's the word, to say, okay, Ryan, 
You have all the pieces in place, although I do not understand why they got rid of A.J. Brown. I, I still, to this day, I don't understand. Because I, I think A.J. Brown, coach, is not even 25. That's a guy that has a lot of football left, obviously yeah. having a great year in Philly. But we don't know when the wheels are going to fall off Derrick Henry. I like Vrabel because his team is a bunch of street-fighting MMA guys. They are tough. But they should have beat the Bengals last year, except Tannehill gave that game away. They're alive. But that's not the question is, can they finally make a real playoff run or another one? Because they did get to the championship game two years ago. Anything short of winning at least one playoff game for the Titans, to me, would be underachieving. Um, Jets, Bengals, and Ravens, seven and four, all of them. They're all alive. The Jets, with Mike White, I think, can salvage this and right the ship. That Patriot game that they blew two weeks ago, your defense gives up three points. That that can haunt you. That's the difference between holding a playoff game. The Patriots, like right, that. and then losing right. And the other one had a penalty on a on a roughing the passer, switched the whole game. The Bengals, me and you are on the same page. They're, they're getting dangerous hot right now. They're dangerous. And that offensive line that they kind of rebuilt. Look, they're not great. Anthony Munoz and Max Montoya are not walking through that door. But if they can just gel a little bit and you get Jamar Chase back outside, I tell you what, they, they held Derrick Henry to like 40 yards. That's impressive. That mm -hmm. is impressive. And as for the Ravens, look, they're going to win games. They are going to win games. I, I expect them to be in the playoffs. But, Coach, you've said it. Lamar Jackson, when that calendar turns to January and now you start playing some real defenses and every possession counts, this is going to be interesting. If the Ravens do not make a playoff run, which means going to at least the conference title game, how much do the Ravens value Lamar Jackson at that point? That's going to be really interesting to see. How many teams get in the playoffs? Uh, I think – don't don't six in each – I think six in each conference, isn't it? They add a new team, right? They added yeah. A last year. Okay. Here's the deal. I want to break this down with you. Chiefs are going to get in. They're yes. 92. Now you right. have the Dolphins. You have the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Jets all at you got eight, two, eight, and threes and a seven and four. And you have a Patriot team on the outside looking in at six and five. Um, the Titans are getting in because they're going to be the division winner. So they're automatic. Yeah. It takes away a team, right? So the Chargers and the Patriots look like. They're going to be on the outside looking in. And I don't know if the Ravens and the Bengals can both get in. Yeah. You know, the Bengals, remember this. The Ravens already beat. I think it's Ravens. seven now. Seven teams get in. Okay, seven. So the Ravens beat the Bengals on Sunday night about a month ago. But we talked about this on Sunday. The Bengals last year were in this exact same position. They were a 500 team going into December, kind of floundering. You know, it was a good second year for Joe Burrow. And then they caught fire. The fact that the Bengals, I believe, won three out of four games without Jamar Chase, who's an absolute game breaker. And to go into Tennessee, because you know they wanted revenge. It was an outdoor game on grass, which actually matters nowadays with all this field turf. And to gut it out the way they did. I kind of look at the Bengals as a team on the upswing. Me too. Me too. I could easily see them getting in over the Chargers, over the um, Patriots, 
And then you're going to have Titans are getting in. So there's one. Chiefs are two. Dolphins and the Bills are going to battle that out, but they're probably both going to get in. So you're going to have Chiefs, Dolphins, Bills. That's three teams. Titans is four. Bengals are going to get in at five. Now you have the Ravens, the Jets, and the Patriots Chargers battling out for that Mm. seventh spot. I don't know. And you know what? It's interesting. As much as I like Justin Herbert, there comes a point. Justin, we give you a lot of credit. We praise you a lot. You got to make the playoffs. There comes there comes a point we got to hold him to a standard like Justin. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I mean, we can't just say because we like you, we're gonna hey hey. It's a, look, and I know you've had injuries. You've had a lot of injuries, and that matters. But Justin, you've got to make sure that somehow part of it, it's not really a stat, but it matters. Good quarterbacks win games. That's the truth. All right, got to find a way to get over the finish line. What's more, what's what's harder to talk about though? We just broke down an AFC team or a conference that we're like, shit, we don't know what's happening. Well, the NFC's fucking even worse. So like, all right, we know the Bears are out, the Rams are out, the Saints are out, the P- Panthers are out, the Cardinals and the Packers are done. The Lions yeah. are five and seven. There's still a mathematically a way for them and the Falcons to get in, but I don't see it. And then you have the Bucks at five and six as the division lead who's going to get in. And who's going to be left out? Now the Seahawks are six and five and yeah. second place behind the Niners. You got the Commanders who are playing as well as fucking anybody in the NFL right now. Um, they're at seven and five. And then you got the Niners, the Giants who are both seven and four. And then you have the Eagles, Vikings, and Cowboys. So, like, I don't see the Falcons being getting in. And if they do get in, Steve, I just think that the, the system's wrong because I know the Seahawks got in as an as a seven and nine team years ago, and Marshawn beat the Saints and they upset the yeah. Saints. Uh I get it. That's happened one time. Um I don't think if you're under I don't care. I, I know they take the uh I just think that you should have a divisional record play into this thing and not an overall record because an overall record sometimes sets you got sets these teams up for failure and they shouldn't get in the playoffs over a team with a better record. This is the man's league. It's not it's not fucking high school football at CIF where we're three and seven and we get in the playoffs because we won three league games. Like this isn't this is the man's league. Uh I hope we don't see that this year because it very well could be a Bucks team with a losing record getting yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah, you I, know, the whole I, NFC East has a better record than that division. <laughs> and and th- this is interesting. You know the year that Brady got injured when Pollard chopped up his knee? And I think it was 2008. Yeah. A Patriot team that was 11-5 and five with Matt Castle did not make the playoffs. Every once in a while, you have that one division that's really bad. And it, it just flips everything because that near 500 team, they're guaranteed a playoff spot. This is going to be interesting. I believe the Niners have the best overall roster uh, in the NFC West. I, I, I get the sense they're going to pull away there. Um, the Eagles are really good. The Vikings are really good. The Cowboys are really good. I it, Boy, the Buccaneers it just look like dead fish. We were watching most of that game. You're playing a Browns team that is waiting for Deshaun Watson. Right? <laughs> no matter what you say about Deshaun, Cleveland's going to love that guy if he can play. You hold them. I mean, think about this. And this is the, the respect that Brady still has compared to Russell Wilson. That defense for 59 minutes and 45 seconds gave up 10 points on the road. 
I don't care who you're playing in the NFL. That's good. Tom Brady just needed to make two or three more plays and one more drive, and that game is over. They score one field goal to make it 20-10. That game is over. Then Njoku makes that miraculous one-handed catch, and all of a sudden you could just feel it like this ain't going to be their day. You know, I this. If you were a guy that you was Roger Goodell, um, would you think about seriously realigning the divisions? How about reseeding the playoffs then? That's what I'm going by what you're saying is just saying, okay, one through seven. Yes. One through seven. Let's just go one, two, three, four, five. We're not going to do the visions and have a team that's nine and seven hosting a playoff game over an 11 and five team. Yes. Yeah. There's something about there. Like that is kind of strange. But there, but there is a thought that, yes, uh, people have talked about that in the NBA. Because I remember in the early 2000s, I still watched the NBA. You remember how bad the Eastern Conference was compared to the West? It almost seemed like, boy, whoever comes out of the West, that's, but there was always a thought, let's just reseed all the NBA teams. Yes. One through 16 and pair them up. So at least we get a little bit more interesting activity. I don't know if they'll ever do it, though. Because Look, this is a television show. This is the way they treat it. And they have to make sure that every part of the country or time zone is a sewage with the game in their area. That's the reality. People have to get this is programming. And so all the networks are want to be involved. And look, they want to have the greatest matchups in the world with the two quarterbacks or the coaches that hate each other. But I've, I have heard the idea of just flat out reseeding the playoffs once it begins it's not the worst idea um brian case in the chat here sent me a text right now this is something i was talking about earlier steve this is the type of generation we live in this kid text uh, tweeted out i am currently still committed to the university of cincinnati but my recruitment is 100 open <laughs> <laughs> okay okay that okay when that kid gets married or he's going to be going to his uh to his wedding you know honey we are getting married. I am committed, but I'm still dating. Uh, um, no, um, they don't um, understand. They don't get it. They don't I, understand what I, commitment means. I mean, that it's like, does he understand the parody of that? I, there are certain schools, and, and again, very few schools can do this, like Dabo Sweeney at Clemson. He has a rule that if you verbally commit to Clemson, we'll take it, and it's binding to us. The minute you take another visit, we're pulling that offer right back. Yep, that's what I used to do. I mean, I I don't get it. And I think, you know, I've heard that, um, you know, it's funny, Mario Cristobal at Miami, there have been a couple rumors where some of his commits were going to go to other schools. And I think Mario's made calls, and the kids come out the next day, oh, no, 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 I'm staying home this weekend. Go, Go Miami. I think more coaches and programs need to do that. The problem is, though, Coach, how many programs not named Bama, Ohio State, Clemson and probably Georgia and maybe Texas and SC. How many of them really have the leverage to do that though and get away with it and enforce it consistently? Not a lot. I was just talking about this. You have to have full autonomy. Hmm. Like you have to have autonomy. Like so, uh, there's some rumors out there that Lane Kiffin turned down Auburn for two reasons. One, he was thought he would commit coaching suicide by becoming just a, a musical chair, moving around mm-hmm. these different schools after a year and a half, two years at every place, right? Tennessee, SC, yeah. uh, you know, he's been all over the place. FAU, he goes back to Ole Miss, and now he's going to Auburn. So everyone's going to be like, "Ah, oh, you're a joke, whatever. Yeah. But he's like, all right. But Auburn also won't allow the head coach to tweet. So I don't know if you heard that. So they won't allow you to tweet. 
And apparently huh. that's a big thing for him. And say, and he was going to be like, man, I'm tweeting. I'm fucking, I'm going to tweet, especially with Elon Musk at the helm, right? <laughs> so like, uh, I, it, it's a rumor that's out there, but to my point, you got to have full autonomy. And Lane has full autonomy, he wins. Nick Saban has full autonomy. You think admin is telling Nick Saban anything? No. They're not telling Dabo Sweeney anything at Clemson. They're not telling Harbaugh anything in Michigan. They're not telling um, Kirby Smart anything. Lincoln Riley at SC, probably. That is what you win. Yes. And when you start controlling the head coach's every move, then you have an issue and you have a tight sphincter. Your sphincter tightens up, and now you're walking on eggshells, and you just can't win. And these administrators just don't understand it. And uh, having said that, who do you think is the best hire so far? Matt Rule at Nebraska, Hugh Freeze at Auburn, or Luke Fickle at Wisconsin? I think they're all pretty good. I, I I think Nebraska hit a home run, though. I like Matt Rule. I never liked it when he left Baylor. I think there are certain coaches, they belong in college, and they're good in college. Uh, you know? Who do you think will win the fastest? Luke Fickle at Wisconsin. I think the Big Ten's manageable. Really? See, Matt Rule has a tough job. That Nebraska thing, you got to rebuild that whole brand. That, that, that thing's been dead. I mean, look, in retrospect with Nebraska – Put some respect on Bo Pelini's name. That guy oh, cool. actually turned out Frank to be Solich. very much missed. Frank Solich. Yeah, Frank Solich. But I, you have to understand with Nebraska, when we grew up, they were actually a national brand. A lot of their best players came from the East Coast, like Irving Fryer and guys like that. Um, who would win the fastest? Maybe not Fickle, because they got a quarterback problem. Graham Mertz never worked uh, out. Let me, let me ask you this though. And let me let huh. me let you let me let you rethink your Wisconsin talk here. Let me let me give you a little bit of a recruiting 101 real quick. Nobody south of fucking South Dakota is going to Wisconsin who is black. <laughs> You're not getting Miami kids. You're not getting LA kids. You're not getting Chicago kids. You're not getting New Orleans kids. You're not getting Johnny. Well, no love for Jonathan Taylor and Terrell Fletcher and and and, and Ron, Ron Dane. Dane. <laughs> hey, you're gonna get three running backs because other than that, who in the fuck is gonna leave Miami or LA to go play in 19 below Wisconsin? Like it ain't gonna happen. And I'm just telling you, um, you can get better kids at the University of Cincinnati than you can at Wisconsin. Yeah, that is true. Um, and, and look, it's probably a tougher conference. We have to be honest about that. Fickle probably thought, look, I've gotten as much as I can out of Cincinnati, and it's time to move on. Matt Rule, though, I have a lot of faith in. The fact that he went to Temple, which has yeah. always been a very tough job, and I remember, I think it was last year or so, they actually did a uh, college game day because they were undefeated playing a top 10 Notre Dame team. And I said, anyone that can get college game day to come out to a Temple game is a good coach. Then he went to Baylor after all the scandals, post-Art Bryles, had a tough first year. But by that second, third year, they were really good again. Matt Rule works in college. So eventually, I, Matt Rule to me, if I was Nebraska post-Scott Frost, that would have been the one guy based on his track record of rebuilding programs. And I still think it's easier to win at Nebraska than it is at Temple. Baylor, I don't know, because Baylor's kind of like put a lot of resources into that whole program. 
Matt Rule, though, seems like a pretty good, solid, safe bet to think overall long term, he's going to write that ship there in Lincoln. Yeah, he could. Uh, he very well could. I don't, you know, it's going to take some time, in my opinion, but we'll see. Uh, real quick before you get out of here, I appreciate you jumping on here yeah. last minute. Uh, Bowl projections right now. They got they got Georgia and SC. That'd probably be one and four if it ended today. Today the committee comes out with the playoff mm-hmm. committee. Uh, they come out with the rankings. I'm sure SC will probably be four. Georgia will be one. Uh, and then right now, if it were to end today, TCU would play Michigan in the Fiesta Bowl. Um, what what do you see happening that where those two those two games don't happen and it's someone completely different? Because obviously TCU can lose to K State. They should yes. have game one. SC can lose to Utah again. I don't. I think they're going to handle Utah this time around. Um, <clears throat> JB, does Alabama sneak in like I think they, they do? They might. They might. You know, look. Here's here's the issue. Um, Kansas State had control of that first game in the second half, and they let it slip. And that quarterback Martinez, the, the transfer from the when he plays, boy, they are tough because he is that ball carrier. And Deuce Vaughn. I know he's short. He's a future NFL guy. I think he's the next Darren Sproles type of uh, player. Well, the way they utilize backs nowadays, he's going to have a good career. They're dangerous, and they play a tough style, right? So LSU, without their starting quarterback who's banged up, I expected Georgia to beat them regardless. Let's go back to USC-Utah. I remember watching this game at Tom's Watch Bar because there was a lot of games that day. It was a day, game of the day that Tennessee beat Alabama. Florida State played Clemson. I went to go watch the Deontay Wilder fight. The Dodgers were playing the plot. A lot of stuff was going on. But I was focusing in on USC-Utah before the main event of the Wilder card. I know that they lost, but JB, I don't know if you actually watched a lot of that game. What the referees did that day to USC I thought was criminal. They threw some – and I am not an SC fan. I think I'm very neutral at this. There were a couple of those – you touched the quarterback after the ball was released and you shoved them too hard. I thought, I, again, I want to be very careful with my words. I don't want to say it was corrupt. I don't have any proof of that, but it looked very suspect. There were a couple of flags that I think completely swung the game and gave Utah life. And I said to myself, there's something funny that I'm telling you, if I was an SC fan, I'd still be bitching about it. In my view, the revenge factor is big. And you probably know this as a college coach. The worst thing you ever want to do is have to play a really good team twice after you've beaten them once, right, already earlier in the year. Yep. Because it always seems like the emotion is with that team that lost. Yep. And SC has so much to play for. And Caleb Williams seems to have it going. And right now, he would be my Heisman Trophy winner. I think he puts the finishing touches on it. And in my view, I don't know if Cam Rising can play another game at that level the way he did about five, six weeks ago. I like SC by 10 to 14 points here. Me too. I agree. Uh, let me ask you this, though. After South Carolina throttled Tennessee, Hendon Hooker's done. Is that a huge two, twofold here? Why Tennessee don't get in um, if people lose? You're well, they're not blown out, though. Yeah. Again, not all losses are created the same. And I, and I have seen the argument between Alabama and Tennessee, how they, you know, and you're right. And one, but that's the thing though, Tennessee did beat Bama just at a certain point, head to head has to matter, but how you lose and when you lose matters in college. It's when you lose really. Right. 
Like a loss, if you have one loss in college football, you would much rather have that loss in terms Week of playoff happen in September yep. rather than November. I don't know if it's recency bias. I don't know if it's a double standard. But also with Tennessee, they got blown out by South Carolina. I remember I, remember I was at my friend's house. We had three televisions going, and we're watching USC, UCLA, and there was a, I think there was a fight going on. And we're watching Tennessee. Every time we looked up, Spencer Rattler is celebrating a touchdown. We're like, wow, that's the kid we saw two years ago. At the way you lose does matter, though. So, again, you can make that argument. If, if both teams have two losses and one team had a loss that is, like, more than three touchdowns and that other team's both losses came in the last possession, which do you weigh more? But the other variables, like I just said, yeah, but what if Alabama had just lost to Tennessee? So then how do you weigh that? Let me ask you this, though, that no one said. No, I don't think anyone's talked about. South Carolina blows out Tennessee. Hendon Hooker's done. I think the committee would say no to Tennessee for the simple fact that your quarterback's out. You have no shot, number one. Number two, you got blown out, right? When that happened, I would say no. But now South Carolina beat Clemson. Mm. So now the win seems like this team may be better than we thought. And now does Tennessee get more credit? Yeah, that that is true. And, you know, I still remember a long time ago uh, in college basketball when I still cared about it, Kenyon Martin of Cincinnati became the number one pick. Really good pro. Cincinnati was the number one team the whole year. Everyone thought Bob Huggins was going to the Final Four. Then Kmart got hurt, got hurt late in the year. And then when the seedings came out, I don't think they were a number one seed because they said, well, yeah, they had a great year. They don't have Kenyon Martin. They they are supposed to take into a part uh, into part the variables that exist with that team. Because look, Joe Milton, their quarterback, he's got some athletic ability. He was actually starting in Michigan, and he was actually starting at Tennessee last year before Hooker took part and just took hold of that job and ran with it. But I agree with you. Like if you don't have your starting quarterback, that was a Heisman Trophy contender. There's no way you can keep that same level of play. You're not the same team. That's the reality. Uh, the nightmare scenario for this playoff committee, and by the way, I'm with you, they they need to get more people that actually play and watch the football on that committee. Fucking Condoleezza Rice. I watch, some of the, I watch those shows once in a while, and I see who's on there, and I ask myself, how many of those people wake up at nine o'clock in the morning or earlier, like a, like a nut job like me, and set up a couple of computer screens and a couple TVs and just watch games for 14 hours on a weekly basis? How many of them do that? Because if you don't, you have no business on that committee. I don't care that you're some former politician or some fancy corporate suit that just happened to go to a P5 school and went to a game and you tell the media, oh, I love football. You know what that generally means? Yeah, I watched the Super Bowl and I'll watch half of a Thanksgiving game, but you're not a football guy. There's a difference, okay? But anyway, the scenario they want is they don't want any upsets. They want USC, uh, Utah to kind of hold their serve, and they need uh, Georgia to hold serve. So it makes it nice and easy. But if should one of those teams trip up somehow, 
Now you have an issue. It's going to be Armageddon. Nah, I agree. Uh, I, 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 for some reason, I'm going to tell you right now, Steve, uh, they're taking Alabama over Ohio State when it comes down to it. Nick Saban's going to get in. Ooh. Telling you right now, watch. Watch what happens. Uh, it all's going to come down to a two-loss LSU, team against LSU a one-loss team. Interesting. LSU Georgia game. Huh? Because remember, Alabama has two losses. I know. And Ohio State only has one. But then the variable is, wait a minute, but Ohio State lost at home. At home? See? By 20? Yeah. See? Uh, late <laughs> in the year? Boy, if, hey, 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 Coach, if people weren't complaining about SEC bias before, let that happen. Oh, God. Oh, it's going to happen. Why? I'm telling you right now, something's going to happen here because, hey, I'm going to tell you right now, don't let Purdue go in here and fucking beat Michigan because no. Ohio State's Ooh. out, Michigan's out, Ohio State's out, and you're going to have Alabama in this thing with USC, Georgia, and fucking whoever, TCU. Ooh. I don't wow. know. I, I can't happen. see Purdue beating Michigan, though. I just can't. Yeah, I mean, stranger shit's happened, man. Yeah. And I'm gonna be honest: if everybody loses, oh. I don't know what you do? Because if yeah. LSU can shock the world and beat Georgia, and which I don't think is gonna happen though, because I just think LSU busted their nut on on, on losing that A and M game. Um, I think they're gonna get throttled. But I'm curious to see a few other things because I think K State can get TCU. Yes. And- that, that runs over because TCU's not getting in with one loss. No, they're not. And Kansas State, that game, the, I still remember. I think they were up two touchdowns in the second half. I remember yeah. them controlling most of that game. And that quarterback Martinez, man, he is tough. I mean, it, it, he, when once he gets out of that open field, he has Vince Young qualities. He's a long striding guy with a lot of speed. And TCU – Generally, teams that have to eke out a lot of games, they're going to lose one. In college football, the point differential actually matters. It'll actually tell you the quality of a team. Most really good teams, when they're dominant, they blow teams out. That That's actually been the trend for a long time, like 95 Nebraska, 2001 Miami, 2013 Florida State. They rarely played a close game because they were that much better. Um Boy, I got to tell you, that scenario still sticks in my head. A one-loss Ohio State team being left out over a two-loss Bama team. (laughs) I'm telling you right now, I think it's going to happen. And I'm going to tell you right now, it all comes down to this last few weeks. Um, I mean, this last last weekend, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be interesting. I'm curious to see who, if Alabama's up to number, is Alabama going to be at number five or six tonight? We're going to find out who. Because I'm telling you right now, if Alabama is at five and Ohio State's at six, Ohio mm. State's fucked. Well, then they're already setting the stage. That's what I'm they're saying. They're already telling you that's going to happen. And that means Alabama is going to root like hell for Utah uh, and K-State. And K-State, yes. Oh, this is fun. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm telling you, it's going to be interesting. I don't know, man. It's going to be very interesting how this thing uh unfolds i don't know i'm i'm very uh i'm very very interested to see this thing it's going to be interesting let me ask you this before you get out of here real quick uh when it goes to 12 team playoff are you pro or against against it 
think you're watering it down. The most special thing about the college football season, it's the most important regular season in all of major sports in America. Every game matters. Every game basically is a playoff week. That's why there's no other sport that celebrates regular season wins and has have people streaming on the field, tearing down goalposts and people crying, and it's a memorable experience. There's no other sport. Think about it. The Lakers or whatever NBA team in their 57th game can win the greatest game in the world. The most, It's just another game. In college football, those 14 weeks of that season with 12 games, every game basically means something, and it has a ramification. And now if you extend it to 12, we're not having this debate. We know Alabama's in. We know Ohio State. I love the fact that Ohio State, Michigan, who are not only rivals and they hate each other and they think about each other 365 days a year, that that loser goes home. Like, we ruined your season. Now if you're like, okay, well, you just knocked us out from a two spot to a nine spot in the playoff, it, it doesn't feel the same. But it really doesn't. It's already watered down. I don't right. want to see – I don't want to see six SEC teams in here. And that's what's going to happen, by the way. Yeah. And that is what's going to happen. Like, it's not it's not better when it's shittier fucking product. I'm and the sorry. other thing is, in, in college football, the thing that I loved is you get to see your rivals and you get that one shot a year. It's not like divisional play where the Rams and the Niners play twice, right? And the Chargers and Raiders or whatever. You get one shot at it, and you got to live with that result for a whole year. That's kind of the beauty of it, whether you win or lose, and you wait the whole year to try to get revenge. Now, now think about it. There are situations, if it works out, if you have, you know, you might actually face a team twice, once in the regular season, then in the conference title game, and get this. Oh, yeah, now we're going to meet in the Final Four in a 12-team playoff. Now you're totally making this into the NFL. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest, though, right now. I'm telling you right now, though. There's only one team in America that can beat Georgia. Who? Alabama. Yes, I'm with you because of Bryce Young. Because of Bryce Young and Nick Saban. Saban. I just think that 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 factor right there is the only – they're the only team, in my opinion, that can beat beat Georgia. And uh, that is why I think they're going to jump – they're going to jump Ohio State. They're going to get in this shit, man. I'm telling you. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Uh I think they can. I think they're going to get in this thing. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I'm very uh, interested in tonight because if they jump Ohio State tonight, you Uh-oh. already, you already know. You already know it's done. It's already done. So analytics, Steve. We're in the analytic era. <laughs> like we're going to use all that shit. <sighs> hey, well, the choked off a 20 point lead last night. Uh, that was great. Fucking, they are the worst, man. I, I, I don't know. It's unbelievable. Uh, you activated Deshaun Watson and released Josh Dobbs. I think Josh Dobbs can go into Carolina and play. Dobbs, he's a kid out of a Tennessee, right? Yeah. I remember him. He's not bad. You know, I, you know what's funny? If I'm Carolina, I stick with Sam Darnold. Me too. I, I've been seeing it. Sam Darnold, He's another Daniel Jones. He's been through three head coaches, four OCs, a shitty organization. Give him an opportunity to be under some concrete foundation like a Brian Dable. Out of the guys on that roster, which is what? um, Baker Mayfield, P.J. Walker, and Darnold. Darnold has the highest upside. He gives you the best chance at at least being respectable. Go with him. Um, You know. 
the one thing about Carolina, the last thing you want to do, though, is get too good that you're not in that sweepstakes for one of those quarterbacks that are coming out. See that? That's, I, don't know, I don't know. I don't know if we're just drafting quarterbacks every year if it's good for football. I think it's bad for football. No, you're right though. Because look, the thing is, uh, I look at certain quarterbacks like Zach Wilson at two. I was like, really? Re- I mean, but you you are now overdrafting court. Like, look, Kenny Pickett in a lot of years. Yeah, Will Levis third round pick. Five. He would have been a third round pick, Kenny Pickett, in a lot of years. Oh, I I remember the draft used to be so tough on quarterbacks when I was growing up. Boomer Esiason, who was an excellent pro, you know he's a second-round pick? Yeah. And he was the first quarterback in that 84 draft. That's how deep or that's how different it is now. Now, if you happen to be the best quarterback, even in a weak year, you are automatically making the first round. I mean, look at that one draft class. Now, look, and I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be good. I like him. Those other quarterbacks, ooh, it's, it's a motley crew, all those other guys. I'm like, wow, Trey Lance, Justin Fields. I'm like, ugh. I don't know how many guys are going to hit there, to be honest with you. And so when I look at this, look, if you are the Panthers, though, and you are a believer in C.J. Stroud or a Young out of Alabama, you don't want to win too many games. Maybe you do throw Baker out there. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I don't think any of those guys are ready right now to play. Like, that's the problem I have. C.J. Stroud by far is not ready. Bryce Young maybe the I, – I, I think Sam Hartman's the most NFL-ready quarterback in the draft. Uh, Wake Forest. I think he's the most NFL ready as far as what he possesses intangibly, as far as what he does to the line of scrimmage in college compared to everyone else that don't do anything but look over at a fucking card and we go hut, clap, and we run the play. Uh, Hartman is actually being coached up. I know their coaches really well. They're, they're, they're prepping him for the NFL. Plus, he's an NFL body. He's an NFL, has an NFL skill set. Uh, not the most athletically gifted guy. He's not, the, but he's going to do the things that are what winners do in the NFL. I think. Um, you know, the one thing that worries me about Stroud, and this is this is a pattern with Ohio State quarterbacks. They play in a very quarterback-friendly system. Okay, so it creates a mirage going all the way back to what Dwayne Haskins, right? Then, if you look at the Ohio State wide receiver room the last eight nine years, man, they've had some studs starting with Michael Thomas, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. And I know I'm missing a couple of guys. And then this year, Ohio State has Marvin Harrison's son, uh, Jackson and Jigba. And they have another. So there's a chance that wherever Stroud goes to, because let's say he goes top five, there's a chance that the wide receivers he just left in Columbus are better than the ones he's playing with. That's what so happens now, to Alabama every year. Right. So now you now it's like an introduction. Hey, kid, welcome to the real world. You don't have Superman out there bailing you out. So the Ryan Day system is so good, I almost think it fools people into overdrafting guys. And, you know. Lincoln I, too. Yeah, I know. And so I'm kind of looking at this. You're right. And it's such, I'm just, the one thing about Bryce Young that worries me is his size. And I know he's very elusive. He does a lot of things in the pocket. He's a magician. But you're talking about big men, better athletes. I I actually, I see plays of his, and I say to myself, does he get away with that at the next level? Consistently. That's the question with him. No doubt. No doubt. Um, 
I gotta go back. I gotta go back and watch you on Whitlock yesterday. Uh, I heard it was good. I gotta go back and check it out. I, it's so hard. I got so many fucking things. <laughs> I got I got Salisbury later on. We're gonna do Last Chance Q live. Last night we had a rush job because it was Monday night and he had to go on this Frisco show. That guy man does like thirty shows a week. <laughs> Hardest working man in show business. He's the hey. white James Brown. Hey, we got to get you on Last Chance Q. Uh, me and Sean talked about it. We're trying to get you on there, Matt, Zach, uh, get you guys on there. We break some film down. We're going to break some college film down tonight. We're going to break down Spencer Rattler and A&M a little bit tonight. Uh, and then we're going to break down Mahomes and Brady tonight and uh, and some other things. So it should be fun tonight. We'll I'll be live. watching, absolutely. May not watch live, but I will eventually watch. I appreciate it. Hey, man, I appreciate you jumping on for me, man. Everybody else had uh, technical difficulties. I got to get Matt. I might have to fly to Boulder and uh, and help Matt fix his get phone. Get him a laptop. Just get him a laptop, please. God, dog. I got to do something. God damn. Um, I appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, thanks again. And uh, like I said, I'll uh, I'll be talking to you soon. I'll see you soon. All right, brother. Have a great day. Coach. All right, man. You appreciate too. Thanks. You. Later. Man, Steve Kim's the best. Appreciate him joining us last minute. Uh, did me a favor and a solid. Uh, <clears throat> I appreciate him jumping in, man. Hey, man, I appreciate you. We will be on tonight, Last Chance Q, 5 p.m. Pacific. Myself, Sean Salisbury, uh, join us live right here on the Coach JB Show. And I appreciate everybody, man. Pound that like button on the way out of here. Go to CoachJBStore.com. We're going to be doing a 20% off thing here shortly this week. And high time wine.net h-i-t-i-m-e w-i-n-e dot net you can get slapdick cigars ask for sean go check it out this show is brought to you by betonline.ag use the promo code believe b-l-e-a-v and get you 50 percent off hey man i appreciate you guys and uh i love you all hey buddy moon eat a dick up too Appreciate you guys all. I'll see you guys tonight, 5 p.m. for Last Chance Q. And I'll see you tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. right here on the Coach JB Show. See you guys later on. Peace.